Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. This week, we are going to review the film Hotel Artemis, my pick of the week for Blown Away, and the newest TV show from AMC, Dietland. Plus, we will preview The Incredibles 2, as well as news, trailers, and comments. Welcome to Cinescape Magazine Movie Review Show. All right. So, anyway, um, starring... <laughs> what the hell were you waiting for? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, this is what happens when we don't prep. All right. So, um, you know I'm not good on the fly. So, from 1994, starring Jeff Goldblum, or <laughs> Jeff Bridges, and Tommy Lee Jones... <laughs> Oh, matey, I don't even know why you can't do this properly. Is uh, is the film blown away? So it's it, it's a wonder why nobody listens to our show. Yes, the uh, so anyway, it's got bombs, it's got explosions, it's got arrows in it. Let's let's do this. Why, why don't we do it right? Well, you know, I, it's I told you it's the Ron Burgundy thing. You got to have that in front of me, and then I'll, I'll fucking read it, and then yeah. we'll go from there. Because you couldn't remember a quick summary about a movie you just watched. I, I, summaries are like. Me just starting to go into the describing the movie, and then it just ends up being this long bantery thing, and you know, so you know. Yeah. That's what it not. That's not a summary. A summary is something short that explains the movie. I know. I know. So a uh, a quick summary. Uh, what you just said yeah. is not a summary. It's a review. Oh, okay, fine. A mad Irish bomber attacks a bomb disposal expert and his family. There you go. There, there's the TV guide. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> TV, the TV Guide uh, how, how, synopsis or whatever Fucking it. perfect. All right, here's what we've got. We're being bombed. Feds are coming up with zeros. Looks like our boys are mystery, man. There's no mystery. His name's Ryan Garrity. According to the report, the guy can build bombs out of Bisquid. I've come here to create a new country for you called Chaos. And a new government called Anarchy. All for you. I just have to say a couple of things. First and foremost, Shitty trailer. That was the longest minute and twenty six seconds of my life. And secondly, not your first time in in the in the sack. The uh, the the fucking music, of course, is Die Hard. It's from Die Hard. Oh, it's not, joy, yeah, yeah. It's not the joy, but you know, um, but it, obviously it was uh, used in Die Hard. And there's a dance hall scene in this movie where they're where they're doing like the two step. Yeah, the wedding. I swear to God, that's the same exact dance hall that they used in um, Million Ways to Die in the West. Hmm. Possibly. I don't know. So yeah, um, this movie is directed by Stephen Hopkins, who uh, has done uh, his first directorial film was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child. Uh, he's also directed Predator Two, Judgment Night, uh, Ghost in the Darkness, The Lost in Space film from 1998, 
and the reaping with uh, Hillary Swink, which is funny because okay, uh, let's let's go through those again. All right, um, he was assistant director on Highlander, the original the mo- Highlander, the movie, the, the original movie. Yes, not a bad movie. Yeah, that that one wasn't bad. <laughs> All right, um, Nightmare on Elm Street Five was his first direction, Meh. I believe, or second direction. All right, yeah, it was the weakest one, the Dream Child. Anyway, uh, Predator Two, Meh. Yeah, had a moments. Judgment Night, underrated, I think. Is that the one with um, Dennis Leary's the bad guy, Jeremy Piven, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, they're in an RV. Yes, and they make a wrong turn. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Are you sure that Dennis Leary is the bad guy? He I thought he was fu- friends he, of those I, guys. He is the absolute bad guy in that movie because that's like one of the memorable parts of that movie. Is like, damn, I didn't picture Dennis Leary being a fucking look. I already knew Dennis Leary was an asshole. He even had a song about it. But for him to be an asshole and a fucking killer, kill, you know, murderer is just it was weird. So um, yeah, I saw Judgment Night in theaters uh, when it was new. But yeah, oh, that was right, Emilio. I couldn't remember who else was in that. All right. Yeah, so Steve, yeah, yeah. Steven Dorff, Emilio, Cuba Gooding Jr. Actually, I, I like that movie. I've seen it a couple of times. It, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I think it was a tad underrated. You know, I, I don't think people gave it enough credit. I thought it was an interesting movie. So, um, But yeah, he's so yeah, he's done The Ghost in the Darkness. Um, okay, so The Ghost in the Darkness, Yeah, in my opinion, is a shit movie. There's a lot of people that think that is. I think Siskel and Ebert also thought it was a shit movie. Yeah, they did. It was awful. Yeah, I, 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 well, I haven't, dude, I haven't watched that movie since it was new. So that was over twenty years ago. Um, Lost in Space, which you say is shit. I, I think it's it's fucking garbage. I think dude. it's a tad underrated. Tad. Um, Under Suspicion with uh, Gene Hackman and a few other people, and The Reaping with Hilary Swank, which everyone hated from two thousand seven. Yeah. So he he doesn't have a he doesn't have a really good track record. I mean, I'm sure he has a good track record, or else he wouldn't be able to make movies. Yeah. But it seems like he doesn't have a really good track record well, here's some other for stuff. success. Yeah. Well, he did the 2016 movie Race that I believe was about the, um, the you know, uh, oh, God, the, the, the Germany, Germany Olympics with Hitler, you know, uh, Jesse Owens. Right, right. And I wanted to see that. Yeah. I've heard some good things about All it. All right. But here's some, here's some interesting uh, little tidbits. He directed three episodes of Tales from the Crypt from 91 to 94. Okay. Um, he did... Um, Three episodes of Californication, uh, one episode of Shameless, 24 episodes of House of Lies. He also has done uh, three episodes of 24 Legacy and 24. He did 12 episodes of 24. So, um, And you know what? I've seen some of his work on uh, TV, so I, I think uh, maybe he's he's I, more suited for television <laughs> directing than he is for uh, yeah, big I, I, screen. Like, like I said, you know, success su- su- success is a, is a word... That we throw around that sometimes is equated, a lot of the times is equated with money. Yeah. You know, all of these movies that he's done could have made money. Who knows? You know, yeah. Um, that that's successful. You know, if it's a twenty million dollar movie made thirty million dollars, it made money, right? Yeah. So it's a success. And so, but what I'm talking about in terms of his success or his failure or whatever is that he's a mediocre director when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, from a lot of the stuff that I've personally watched of his, you know, which is the Tales from the Crypt stuff, yeah, um, uh, and a couple of other TV stuff, mo- mo- you can tell, you can tell which are his episodes, yeah, because they all have the same tropes, they all have the same ideas, and you know, while they're not bad, yeah, it's just mediocre. 
you know, Meh. at best. He's he nobody really talks about him. So yeah. I mean, if he were better, and and that's again, who's to say that you know we're wrong or we're right? Yeah, I, you know, I, the, if you notice that most of those movies I read off to you, those are movies that you don't generally see on most people's shelves at home or see being shown again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I haven't seen Ghost in the Darkness since it was new. So right, you know, and Lost in Space, I'm I'm a rare one when I I actually like it a little bit. So. You know, most people didn't. <laughs> most people hated it. So, Not a um, fan. yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, but I, it's that I don't think that that version of Lost in Space is his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. Oh yeah, it's the big budget. You know, studio wants to start a new franchise. Blah blah blah. He wants. He was brought in and told how to do it. Yeah, because I mean, I think Ghost in the Darkness did make some money. So, um, you know, I, I, I kept for, so I kept mixing him up when when I read his name. I thought, oh, Stephen Sommers, <laughs> right? That did the Mummy movies. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they're like, no. no. But Stephen Summers did nothing to write home about as well. <laughs> I don't think he did that last Mummy movie, though. No, well, he did the first three. So he did the, you know, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. He just didn't do the remake with Cruise. No, I'm talking about part four. Well, they didn't do a Mummy four. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm 100% positive on that one. Part I know f- they did the Yeti. Yeah, part three was the Yeti, and that was when they had Maria Bello replace Rachel Weiss as the main, uh, as his wife, who I can't think of her name at the moment. Um, but yeah. Um, but Brendan Fraser, of course, was in all of them before he started to blow it's it up. It's a shit movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked the first one. The second one was okay, but... The second one was rushed. They, the the they visuals were add, rushed. Everything was rushed. They had to add a kid. Yeah, yeah you're right. Oh. They're, they're fucking stupid. The visuals were rushed. Who gives a shit about the visuals? Oh, they, no. The, some the, of the fucking entire script was awful. It, okay, there were some cool elements to it, but it felt very rushed. And uh, everyone, everyone who has seen that movie, one of the first things they mention is the CG perform a uh, CG of of the rock as the scorpion king. It's fucking horrendous. Oh, I I it, I, I, I have I, I can't disagree with that, but what yeah. I'm telling you is is that everybody talks about the CG of the rock, yeah. you know, being the scorpion king, yet they completely forget that they have the the main character who leads them on this entire run yeah. is a kid who is able to dupe a 3000 or 5000 or 10000 year old Super being, yeah, into believing and, and and thinking that he's nothing but an innocent kid. Okay, you got to be kidding me! And this kid already knows how to use fucking advanced technology, alien advanced technology uh, that's slapped to his wrist. Come on, he's the son of. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like I said, and it gets even worse with Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Well, look, I. I, I like I like the Mummy Returns. It's just that, like I said, I think a lot of things were rushed story wise. You're absolutely right, and the visuals were rushed because it, it came out two years after the the first one, so you know that they rushed it. Anytime that you bring children into a movie like that, it's it's a forced decision mm-hmm. because what you're trying to do, like, and you can compare it to Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, and I'll do that in a second. Yeah, you can um, when you do. Like the Mummy Part Two, and you put a kid in it. Yeah, that's a forced decision to put a kid into a franchise that they know is already going that they're trying to be make it successful. Mm-hmm. So they they insert a kid that they don't first and foremost that they don't need to. Yeah. Uh, secondly, it was a forced. It was a forced part. I was going to say something else, but yeah, it was a forced part that was useless and completely degrading to the franchise. You don't need to add children 
because you're trying to quote unquote gain a bigger audience. Yeah. You already have an audience that's willing to pay a hundred million dollars to watch this franchise. Yeah. On the other hand, when you're doing something like what Lucas did with with the Phantom Menace, yeah. where it, having the kid in his mind, in Lucas's mind, and the way that he foresaw the way that he wanted to do his movies, yeah. Anakin Skywalker had to be a child, yeah, because because of influences uh, outside and inside uh, influences fighting. Hey, look, and yeah, I, <laughs> I, look, I see where it, 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 you know where it came from, and it was I was fine with the the idea of it where it started off from. It just wasn't. Everything just wasn't done to my liking and some other people, a lot of other people's liking. But whatever. which one? Phantom Menace. Okay, yeah, but it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, but Phantom Menace is still leagues ahead of fucking Mummy Returns. Right, I'll tell you but that. that's I'm just comparing yeah. child actors. Of course, the whole the whole difference between the two child actors is Jake Lloyd was completely ripped and treated like shit yeah. by everybody, and that fucking flipped him. Yeah, he, he's a he's a nightmare to deal with anymore. I know. I think isn't he doing drugs and shit? Yeah, he he is. He's fucking just mentally destroyed. Yeah, he's like Edward Furlong. <laughs> way, I think. Yeah, and but Edward Furlong didn't have the problems that Jake Lloyd had, which was people were just picking on him and telling him he was shit. Yeah, you know, oh, you're shit. You're you're a fucking nobody. You're a two bit fucking piece of shit actor. Yeah, well, kind of like what, what's happened to Kelly Marie Tran and shit. Yeah, yeah, the same exact shit. Star Wars, fucking Star Wars fans. Yeah, man. And, and I'm embarrassed to be a Star Wars fan because of these yeah, people. Fucking you fake. don't fucking talk. You don't speak for me. So shut your fucking mouth, yeah. Star Wars fan. You extreme. They're calling them the alt right, but they're not the alt right. Radical. They're, they're fucking radical. They're, Star Wars. They're fucking jerk offs. Yeah. You know. They don't even call them Star Wars fans. No. Just call them a bunch of fucking, you know, um, self-centered asshole jerk-offs. Yeah. You know, fuck them. But, you know, because they've, they've destroyed people's lives. They've literally destroyed people's lives. Yeah. Because they think that they that's own their the only, franchise. That's the only way they feel empowered. Yeah. So, I, I and I don't want anything to do with them. No. You know, uh, I... Where's my card? I started noticing um, when you read certain comment feeds on things that um, a lot of times when people made troll-like comments, people would always interact with them and it would become this huge discussion. But I, I see a lot more now, not always, but now I do, I do see where a lot of times people don't even fucking respond to it. Like they just completely act like they didn't even post anything and they just keep on going with the comment thread. Yeah, and some of them get deleted. Yeah. Like literally people will just go, fuck you, you're deleted, you're banned from this place. Yeah. You know, because nobody wants to deal with it anymore. Yeah, it's getting to that point. It's one thing to have <coughs> a strong opinion on something; it's another thing to just be mean, right? And 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 and, and provoking. Yeah, and even, we haven't even gotten into the fucking review. Yet. Not even blown away yet. And look, and but that uh, but that brings me to an important point because now I, I kind of talk about because Joe and I've been doing this. So we're setting up a Patreon, and we're setting up, and I'm and I it's kind of coinciding with all the Kelly Marie Tran stuff and everything else, and I'm like. We're going to have our podcasts out there, and the ones that are free will remain free, and then there's exclusives and yada, 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 and you'll hear more about it soon. Yeah. But I want to build a community where people can come and feel safe and not feel harassed for their opinions. Now, I mean, everybody should be nice to each other. Of course, arguments are going to happen. It doesn't matter, but you keep it civil. Yeah. And everything's okay. Because I will not allow people to come in. I don't care if you're you're a paying member or whatever. I will not allow people to come into my area and harass fans 
and people that are interested in what we have to say, mm-hmm. not just my area, our area. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will kick you the fuck out and I'll refund your money. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Cause because I'm not interested in having people like that. I, I don't I, there's there's a difference between negative and constructive criticism. Negative people can get the fuck out of my life. Yeah. I don't I don't deal with it anymore. I think you should get your phone away from the microphone. Maybe that's it's just too close. They shouldn't even be doing that. <laughs> I think I used to um, on my <coughs> old cell phone. I would get that. Yeah, that you mentioned noise. that already. We don't. Need I would to get that noise like when I when I I knew a text was going to come in. We, we we already talked about that. Like before, I even the phone acknowledged that the text was coming in. I just would hear that. And so then, thanks for repeating. No, yourself. no, I didn't repeat myself because last time I couldn't remember what the fuck it was. This time I do remember what the fuck it was. So to be continued. No, it wasn't a to be continued. Here's the conclusion. We had an entire discussion about this on the last podcast. But I couldn't remember. And you used those same exact fucking I words. I couldn't remember what the specific was. And the specific was when a text was coming in. It was, you, it was the same exact words except for when a text was coming in. So I You just, used the same exact words. I just words. added the conclusion. You got, and, and it's not my phone. Look, I want to get on with the show, so I'll say just for a later time, listen to it. And I guarantee you I won't say when a text came in. That, yeah, that's the only difference. Okay. I, and we had, uh, and in fact, I do believe you said either when a phone call or a text came in. I added my addendum, so there we go. So, and now it's gone on longer because so, you're complaining about it. So you're just it. repeating yourself. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to fart. <laughs> no, I was listening for the... I know. All right, hold on. I don't, I don't tell you to hold on when I fart, unless I stand up to the microphone. All right. So, yeah. I don't want to smell my ass on my microphone. Um, I saw Blown Away back in 94, when it was in theaters, and it came out um, uh, soon before Speed did. Speed was actually rushed into theaters when Blown Away was announced that it was coming out. So... And then Speed, of course, that year became the the fucking mega hit of the summer because it, it was original for its time. And if I go slower than fifty five miles an hour, <laughs> this bus is gonna explode. Pop quiz, hot shot. Dennis Dennis Hopper was good in that movie. Uh, right? You know what? Look, I, I'll go back and watch again. But I mean, Jeff Daniels was great in it. Um, Joe Morton was great in it. I love like, I love Keanu and everything. Joe Morton Salt. So yeah. So Miles Dyson. <laughs> so yeah, it's um. So with Blown Away, I did li- I liked Blown Away because um, it was it was a fun movie. It was it was entertaining, and when you had um, when you had Jeff Bridges, who you know I've always been a fan of, Je- of that guy, it you got have him as um, as this bomb control expert who is he's like the 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 rebel one right where he he shows up not wearing bomb gear and he's wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt and he goes and disarms the bomb right at the beginning of the movie and he's got witty banter, un PC banter and stuff like that and and it's. It shows what kind of a guy he is. You know, he cares about people, but he also goes and gets the job done. And then it also immediately shows after he's defused this bomb that he's he gets sick and he starts dry heaving right afterwards when he gets away from everybody. Like, cause, and it also brings back flashbacks of something, something, right? You don't know what it is, but you kind of have an idea. And also in the meanwhile, you've got Tommy Lee Jones who um, starts off in a prison in Ireland and he breaks free from this prison using this sophisticated um, bombing technique where he creates um, the, the, um, bomb equipment and uses a toilet facing a wall as a as a as the propulsion device and it, as a cannon you know in a way and it blows a big fucking hole in the wall. It's, it's clever this movie's got a lot of clever bomb making parts it's like Tommy Lee Jones's character is like the evil MacGyver in a way right very clever and Cool things to see, um, and also the the um, I almost said Somers again. Fucking 
Stephen Hopkins, he purposely used um, uh, certain kinds of cameras so he can get up close into bombs and stuff so you can see the moving parts and um, other kinds of uh, spe- um, like recording equipment so you could hear like the like little pieces moving inside and during certain moments to add to the the tenseness of the scenes, the tension of the scenes, right? The tenseness. What the fuck? I'm so edumacated. And and so yeah, all those little elements are cool and. You know, you already have this idea of what Jeff Bridges' uh, character, like who he is, like he's keeping some kind of a secret, you know. And, you know, y- y- you pretty much understand that he has some cor- connection to the IRA and bombers and stuff like that from his past. And he's got an uncle who's Irish, played by Lloyd Bridges, his father. Like one Get of his, me the Sarge. And one of his, like, final four performances of his career before he died in 98. Um he um, he plays his uncle Max, and you know he's he's got the big full facial beard, and he's got the Irish accent, the fucking big eyebrows. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, and he he's like that kind of uncle that you would love to have at your party. Lloyd Bridges was in the Hot Shots and yeah. Airplane and Airplane Two, and in a couple episodes of Seinfeld, I believe. Yeah, he was a fucking great character actor. Oh yeah, he was really good. And uh, that guy had his day in the sun, man. I think he died at like eighty five or something. Yeah, and uh, so. All these little, you know, these characters, uh, Forrest Whitaker shows up because um, after this incident where um, Bridges deactivates his bomb, he's like done because he's he doesn't want to be a risk to his new wife that he's about to marry. And, and you know, he's, she, she's got a daughter already, so he's going to be a new stepfather. And, and they're all they love each other. They're you know, all getting along. And he doesn't want to keep worrying about this shit. You know, and even though he, he, he puts the, the facade on that he loves disarming bombs in front of his coworkers and in the public, he actually really fucking hates it. And so, even though he's really good at it, right? It's like me with detailing cars. I'm really good at it, but I fucking hate it, right? So, he he, he goes and he retires. And, and so, Forrest Whitaker is his replacement. And Whitaker is this cocky, young, you know, new guy that, that wants to, you know, like, like be better than everything that, in, in every way than, than Bridges was. So, he, you know, he gives these smart-ass, you know, passive-aggressive comments and things like that. And, you know, but it, it, for the most part, you know, it's all done in a, it's done in a half-respectful way where he's, he's goading him. But, you know, once it comes down to being professional, you'll be professional kind of thing. So, um that the the dynamic between them kind of works because there's like a um a there's scenes that happen that purposely bond them together against their wills but it does happen um and so yeah as you go through the film and and Tommy Lee Jones's character who comes to America because he sees he conveniently you know sees um Jimmy um who that's his name you know Jeff Bridges character sees him on the TV because after he disarmed this bomb right at this at this college campus at the beginning of the film he's like oh there you are Jimmy Dove right and he and he goes and he fucking get somehow gets to America cuz it's you know it's pre 911 so it's easier to get into the country at the time and the next thing you know they're in Boston of course the whole film's set in Boston and you know half the population i think is irish there <laughs> And so, oh, I'm going to start doing that shit to you because I never fucking do that. So I'm going to start doing that. All right. Yeah, because you're not rambling. You know that when you do that, it fucking throws me off, right? Because I'm, I'm a weak suck. It's <laughs> anyway, movie's fun. I like it. Some people had problems with it. It doesn't have a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think one of the biggest complaints was the Irish accents of the three main actors. They, they, they thought they were horrible. I thought Tommy Lee Jones was perfectly fine. I thought that... Uh, that uh, Lloyd Bridges was great, and Jeff Bridges doesn't have an Irish accent in that film. He has a Bostonian accent. So I don't understand what the complaints were with that. Um, so whatever. I, maybe I think people were too analytical or something with it. Um, also, Maybe his accent as a yeah. East Coaster. There was a cool thing that they did where um, Tommy Lee Jones... It's not fucking 
It's not fucking Peter Griffin. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not Peter. So um, there's this cool thing that they did where they they found a way to integrate um, U2's um, music from their Joshua Tree album into the film, where um, where Tommy Lee Jones is at this little like flea market and he's buying this this mousetrap type thing because he likes to 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 create like these these fucking these uh, bombs that have like toy parts and stuff as a like a, as a fuck you, but also a funny fuck you to whoever he's gonna kill kind of thing. And so this, um, he ends up buying um, the U two a U two album, and he, so there's certain scenes in the movie where the song's playing in the background while he's like making another bomb to fuck up another person, and and so it's cool because if you like U two, um, sounds like I'm saying I like U two, anyway. When you when you like you too, the the movie makes you like you too even more, especially those songs that they play. You know, like with or without you, or um, uh, I don't think it does streets with no name, but it does. Um, anyway, can't what I'm looking for. Anyway, <laughs> so really good movie. <coughs> I, I I've been searching for it forever because I used to have it on videotape. Couldn't find it on DVD forever. And then this there's this company that that does um, movies that you don't find very often anymore on Blu-ray. Or at all, and so they they they'll they'll get distribution rights, and then they'll they'll put their these certain films on Blu-ray, and so Blown Away was one of them. I spent twenty fucking dollars for it, which is amazing because I never spend twenty bucks on a movie <coughs> unless it's a new release. So I, I really wanted it because I, it's been so long since I've seen it, and I, I don't you know what? And I saw it the other day, and I still liked it. I mean, you know, it, it feels a tad da- um, dated, but all in all, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and. Um, and if you've ever seen Arlington Road, with also with Jeff Bridges, you'll notice that there's scenes where he's running towards a bomb about to go off, and, he, and it's in slow motion, and he's yelling, no, and all this shit. And then they did the same exact thing in, in the, at the end scene of Arlington Road. So it's like, who the fuck is copying this shit? I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I, w- I could say more about the movie, but just, just I, give it a chance. You know, rent it or uh, stream it or whatever the fuck. Just watch Blown Away. It's good. <laughs> I always wait. I always wait because sometimes you. Oh yeah, there's always have, like have like an aftershock. Yeah, know? there's always going to be something else that'll pop into my head. I okay. Um, my pick of the week is Diet Land. And it's funny because I was watching. Well, I was watching Airplane Two, uh-huh. and then um, Summer Rental was on right was after. Is it called that. the second one? Airplane Two, the sequel. Oh, the sequel. Okay. And of course, it's the same exact movie, but. Uh, they have a space shuttle instead of an airplane, and they have, and it's a take on Hal Nine Thousand, you know, 2001. from Two Thousand One. Yeah, and I really need to see that movie again. Which, which movie? Two Thousand One, because it's it, I haven't seen it since I was a that, kid. That movie bored the shit. Well, out. I know, but my perspectives on things is different now, so I want to see the artistic value of it now. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, it just again, that movie just never interested. It was definitely me. slow and plotting. It's like watching Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, <laughs> don't. <laughs> Cook you no, the, see the difference between two thousand one and Star Trek is two thousand one's a good movie. Star Trek: The Motion Picture is a TV episode they made into a movie. Yeah, I, that's you, exactly what it is. Yeah, and then there's the extended edition. Yeah, where <laughs> V'ger. Oh, shut up. The beginning though, when they finally show what happens when there's a transporter malfunction. That's cool. Fucking cool. That was but, really cool. But the, it should have just. The 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 sh- it should have been a TV show. Yeah, that should have been the TV show that led into a movie. Yeah, and then Star Trek two and yeah, and whatever else. You know, look, <laughs> if we didn't have Star Trek the Motion Picture, we wouldn't have had the Wrath of Khan. So I'm I'm glad for that. <coughs> it was a step that I guess needed to be taken. Maybe I I don't know. There yeah. was there was 
at that point in time, you can't really say because Star Trek the motion picture led into Wrath of Khan. I think that the the person that wanted to do Wrath of Khan, um, like they were going to scrap that whole thing because they didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't remember. I, I haven't read on it in a while. But but you know, I think the the first couple of drafts weren't that good, and then they were going to scrap it and do something else. But there was a scene. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna take away your thunder on this. I'm just gonna mention. There's Don't mention anything about Diet Land until I start talking about it. All right, fine. Let me talk about Go it. Go ahead, then do your thing. <laughs> Diet Land is based on Sarai Walker's best-selling novel, of the same name. It is a uh, a dark comedy look at the war of the sexes. Um, Plum Kettle, played by Joy Nash is a ghostwriter for the editor of one of New York's hottest fashion magazines, played by Juliana Margulies, who plays Kitty Montgomery. And Plum has waged a lifelong battle with her image. She's fat. Mm-hmm. And she knows it, and she's been, she's been dieting and all this other stuff. Fed up, she turns to weight loss surgery, but ends up in the middle of two rival feminist factions, one that may be responsible for the attacks on male harassers, and the other that preaches female empowerment. Plum must decide what part she plays in a wildly complicated ever-changing world. And here is Dialand. How do I get super fast Wi-Fi? That's Easy. not Dialand. <laughs> what, um, what got you interested in watching this, anyway? Um, let me, I'll tell you right after the trailer. All right. I never wanted to stand out. I was just trying to fit in. People like pretty things. You're not a thing. That's me, Plum Kettle. Working for the country's biggest beauty magazine. Dear Kitty, losing weight is impossible. I answer letters to the picture-perfect editor, Kitty Montgomery. Plum, I always forget what beautiful eyes you have. But a crazy thing happened on the way to becoming my best self. Are you following me? I want you to go see someone. Maybe it's the people who judge you who need to change. Well, good luck with that. You think it's impossible? I think it would take a revolution. Get a life. You must agree that everything I tell you is strictly confidential. Fine. You've changed the world one person at a time. Oh, I'm not dangerous. But definitely not to you. Witnesses say his body fell out of the sky. There is a detective snooping around. They're extremists targeting men. This whole thing is psycho. Four more men dropped across New Jersey. Anyone can see our plum has a secret rebel heart. Her answers to my kitty letters have gotten a little political recently. Haven't you ever wanted to be a hero? Based on the critically acclaimed novel, Juliana Margulies. Tell me you haven't thought about it. All those years of being screwed over just because we wanted to sit at the table with the big boys. And starring Joy Nash. Just ask me what's going on with me. Why am I afraid to? Dietland series premiere Monday, June fourth, only on AMC. I was I was watching Airplane Two, and then Summer Rental came on, and I'm dicking around on the computer. I was probably playing World of Warcraft or something, and I hit the guide button, and it said Dietland. Yeah. And I thought it was just a paid like an infomercial. Infomercial, because I had I had clicked on over to it. And I think I, I may have gone down or clicked too far over because it did say infomercial, right? I wasn't really paying attention. And so I go back, and I, and I was going to change the channel, and it pops on, and I as um, whatever I'm working on, I stop whatter I was doing and got pulled into it. Yeah. And I'm like, 
this is really, really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Except for now, the pilot is two out two hour. Ep- it's not a two hour episode. It's two episodes jammed together. The problem is, and this is what I fucking hate about AMC. This is what I hate about every station that does this. The excessive amount of commercials. Yeah, five on a, minutes on worth paid, on a paid cable station. Oh, it, it, it gets even worse. Five minutes worth of watching TV. Ten minutes worth of commercials. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not even that. It was ten minutes of watching something. Five minutes of commercials plus. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead the other night. It was um, in the first ten minutes. They had already gone to two commercial breaks. That's bullshit. Yeah. They did an intro, then they did the commercial, which was like two and a half to three minutes long, and then they went to the show. They did. I, they must have done like four minutes at the most, and then all of a sudden they went back to commercial break. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's garbage. It, it's it's <coughs> fucking annoying. Um, there's a radio show on here on a local rock station, and they, they're awful. Um, they all are. <laughs> no, this is a nationally syndicated oh. podcast. Okay, this is a podcast that got turned into a radio show. Okay, okay, and I, I won't name it because I'm embarrassed by the show. Yeah, it's not funny. It's not interesting. It's just, dude. It would have been interesting twenty years ago when Don and Mike and when um, Howard Stern. And Opie and Anthony and all these other, if you want to call them shock jocks or yeah. morning zoos or whatever, it would have fit in perfectly. This is not 20 years ago. This is 2018. We're in the 21st century. It, it, do something different. Yeah. Because you're not interesting and you're not funny. Well, anyways, long story short. Um, someone broke into my car and stole my Sirius satellite radio out of it last year. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. And when... When that happened, I was forced to listen to fucking local radio. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving home, and they're doing their their stupid shtick, and it's the same. You know, you're not going to get the hobble the gee thing. Joey that's, the douche. That's fucking, that's a uh, uh, Greaseman. <laughs> if you ever listen to KOME or... Um, Anyways, if you're an East Coast guy, you know who. Uh, Just watch, Bob if Reisman you watch Alley Parks is. and Rec and you see Nick Kroll's uh, occasional character, uh, something in the ju- in the douche, the radio disc jockeys, they're they're they are the epitome. Weenie of, in the butt from Family Guy. Yeah, and, or Weenie in the butt, just like Weenie in the butt. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Weenie in the butt in the morning. And, uh, every wah, time, wah, wah. and every time a guest says something, they they turn it into some kind of a pun or something, or and, some sort of sexist and talk. And then they hit some kind of sound Ooh, bite. It went in my mouth. <laughs> oh, crazy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so dumb. It's funny because so they make fun of it. They're funny. doing they're doing this show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's fun to make fun of fucking stupid radio shows. Yeah. They're doing the show, and and by the way, it's on the same channel that we've been talk we've talked about in the past that Joe used to listen to the morning show. On. Yeah, not anymore. Well, now it's now it's the after now it's the night show, and I dare you, I dare you, when you go home tonight uh-huh. to put on that show for ten minutes. If you can make it past ten minutes, yeah, I, I'd rather you, you, I'd rather you have, listen. You have an iron constitution. I'd rather listen to Joe Rogan, but <laughs> I love Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's awesome. <laughs> Um, anyways, as I was listening to it, they would, they, they do their bit and then they go to commercial. The commercials were 10 minutes long, 10 fucking minutes. Why did they have to take like a shit or something? And then they came back and then, and then they would do some sort of what's called an interstitial. 
Mm-hmm. An interstitial is something that goes in between the commercial and before they actually come back, okay. where they talk about something. Coming up in the next segment. promotion yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to do letters to the editor and talk about, you know, how a man was born with a vagina. Or if they have a context. That turned inside out. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. Or or make sure you listen to uh, to the entire show so you can join in on our wackety do contest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that goes on, and then there's another five minutes worth of commercials. Yeah. So 15 minutes worth of commercials. Yeah. And then a song, which made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that was the rock station playing the song or them playing the song. I think it's uh, it's them so they can take a break. And then another commercial. Yeah. Another commercial break. I'm sorry. Another yeah. five minutes. And then they came back and did their their silly wonky. I'll do my letters to the editor, and then they do like five minutes of that, you know. Or we're going to be right back. Five more minutes in the half hour that I forty five minutes that I listened. Yeah, I listened to twenty minutes of radio. Ugh. There was twenty five minutes worth of commercials on that thing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that show is fucking utter garbage. Yeah. And I don't know why we're talking about a show, but anyways, I don't know why we're talking about a radio show, but... <laughs> you said that your radio got stolen out of your car, the serious radio. I know, but I don't know what this has to do with Dietland. So anyways, I got I, I got caught up in Dietland, and I'm, I'm watching the fucking show, and I I get up, go have a smoke, and I was going to come back and sit down and, and work on some other things. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to watch the show. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about the commercials. That's uh-huh. what that's what I hate about. Okay. Um, and I didn't get to say what I wanted, which is I, I need to say this too. Yeah. So Sony and there's a whole bunch of other pay Sony has their own channel on Direct T V. Um I want to get this right, so let me uh direct T V channel. <laughs> on like channel five beyond five hundred, right? Baby making the right aid parking lot. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I just want to see what the channel... I want to see exactly what the... Why can't I just get what the channels are? Well, I suppose I can just log in. Okay, so these don't matter. Um, Touch your what? What, what, what? what was that program? Touch your what? <laughs> was that on I, the, I, don't, I don't care. Was that on the naughty channel? No, it wasn't anywhere near the naughty channel. All right, so we have... Okay, here it is. There's the naughty channel. We have... Uh, I guess that's Hallmark. Okay, so we have Sundance. We have Hallmark. We have HDNet Movies. Mm-hmm. You can see what's on. Uh, MGM, Sony, Smithsonian. Uh, uh, I don't know what CIHD is. And then they have Shorts, MTV Live, and then you have Play Per, play per View. Yeah. <laughs> pay Per View, Playboy. All right, so going from Shorts all the way up to, oh, and Flicks. We have Flicks. Um, up to... Hallmark, okay? <laughs> Hallmark, commercials. HD Net Movies, commercials. MGM HD, commercials. Sony HD, commercials. Smithsonian has commercials. CIHD has commercials. MTV Live has commercials. Shorts has commercials. And we go from there. So what I would like to know is, why are these subscription channels if they run commercials? Because people are dumb enough to pay for them. Not me. People in general. I know. But not me. 
I want to know. I've already cut the cord, dude. I I want to know why Directv is charging, or why Sony thinks it's okay to charge people a subscription service mm-hmm. for a fucking channel that will run ten minutes of commercials. Now they don't run commercials during the show at all. It's after the show. Uh-huh. Okay, so in between at least show that. one and show at least two, at least that. And I'm fine with that. But my problem is, is that if you're going to run commercials. Why the fuck are you charging me a service? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I yep. I 100% agree. So, anyways, back to Dialand. Um, I really like Dialand. Um, there's a scene in episode two, and you may be talking about the same scene, where she's on this pill. It's called Why. It's to help her manage her weight. I even looked it up. And, and it's, it, yeah, it's supposed to represent pretty much. Everything that we take, yeah, and and society, it's yeah. supposed to it's supposed to manage her her food intake, but also it kills her sex drive and everything else. So her boss, <laughs> so there's a scene in episode two of Dialand where she's taking this Y, which you said that it's kind of like a combination of all, yeah. but it's it's a diet suppressant drug, um, and it's not working for her, and just miserable. She's fucking miserable. Well, she's not not in her mind. To everybody else, she's miserable. She's she's not happy, but she's she and she seems to be not satisfied. Yeah, I get. But it doesn't seem like she's miserable to a point where it's like she's doing all these things that she's supposed to be doing to a point, but it's it's still not working out for her. Right. Yeah. So there's not really a whole lot of enthusiasm for her, you know, because of all the shit she's taking. Yeah, and she makes up all these excuses. Yeah. You know, well, this is okay. That's okay. Et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. Well. She gets off the Y mm-hmm. in, in the second episode, and she's going cold turkey. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 one of the people that's helping her out with this says, "Why did you do that?" And she goes, "Well, I just I wanted to get off of it." Blah 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 blah. You should not be by yourself. Do not do this alone, right? So it goes, and now we have the cameras on her, yeah. right? And she's at home, and and we see her. Through her hallucinations, yeah, uh, with with uh, going through withdrawal, and one of the hallucinations is um, a tiger. Okay, mm-hmm. and the tiger starts talking to her, kind of like um, the 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 cowardly lion. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of the cowardly lion from from Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. He's very straight up ish, and she's watching like this nature channel, like really close up, and yeah. the fucking tiger jumps through. It's like being on an acid trip. Yeah. And he's like, hey, order some food for me. And so he just goes, he rattles off this list of food, which is like five pizzas, two giant liters of Coke, yeah. you know, all this junk food. And like the next day, she, she snaps out of it for a second, and she doesn't realize what she's been doing, which is she's answering emails while in this hallucination state, and like, she deleted a whole bunch of them, and um, but she's she's yeah. she's answering them like, "What? Who cares if you if you enjoy sticking tampons in your vagina and you get off on it? Fuck everybody, right?" Yeah. And then that's her answer, you know, and because <laughs> that's what she does. Letters to the editors are all about rape and this and this and this and this happened to me, and they're trying to be anonymous and whatever else. Yeah. But that's not what got me into the show. This that's what solidified me getting into the show mm-hmm. was this tiger scene and the whole hallucination scene cuz like so she's gone for 3 days. She's at her apartment. Yeah. And her mom comes in. They literally almost break down the door. Her mom and her best friend who's a black gay man. 
who owns a coffee shop. shop or coffee oh, yeah, shop. Ba- yeah, bakery, you're right. <laughs> and and they're like, we were concerned for you. She's like, everything's fine. Nothing's happened. She goes, and, and, her, and her friend goes, you called your mom like five times in a row just oh. battling. Oh, shit. Yeah. She's like, what? So she starts scrolling through her phone of all these calls that she's made, you know, and all these emails that she's missed yeah. and yada, yada, yada. Well, in the first, so cutting back to the first episode, she she gets she, I don't know I don't know if she's being played. Well, that'll that'll come into yeah. she's being played on some level. Yeah, because I haven't read about the books. I haven't read anything from the books, so I don't want to I don't want to jump ahead. Right, so, but she's she's being played on some level, right? Either by the detective or whatever. So at the beginning of the TV show, people start missing. Yeah, and it's it's from she the she. Joy does, you know, Plum does the uh, the voiceover and lets everyone know that this is me from the future, so apparently everything works out. And I'm still fat. <laughs> and I'm still fat. And and we see her go through her everyday thing, and people start dying. And that's what got me pulled into this, which was the people in the masks. And you don't see them do anything. They tape people up, give them a syringe, and dump the bodies off an overcross. Yeah. You know, and then as she's walking through her day, things just happen to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the news incidents or she'll be turning a corner and there's a body on the ground that you just heard hit. Yeah. You know, and what's weird is they are using realistic sounds. Yeah. Like um, in the second episode, there was they you hear something hit the ground and it sounded like glass. Yeah. And she turned the corner and it's a body lying there. And I'm like, holy shit. They are actually taking... This information and it's kind of it's weird and gross and disturbing. Yeah. But it's good that they're doing it because the sound when bodies hit the ground, they sound like glass breaking. Oh, it's fucking horrific. Like I know, I know, like the nine eleven thing. Um, but that's what I'm talking um, about. Yeah. But there's um, there's this footage they showed on YouTube um, uh, a few months ago, and this lady committed suicide, and <sighs> you don't see her body hit the ground, but you see her fall. And luckily, there's a car in the way, so you don't see where it splats. But th- just the same thing that happened to... Um, um, I have a question. What? Why are you watching this? It popped up somehow. I, I don't remember how it popped up. I couldn't watch it like that. But it, well, it was quick. Why. It was really quick. Why do people post this shit online? And, it, um, okay, uh, well, you still haven't seen The Departed. Fuck. When Martin Sheen's character gets killed, spoiler alert, and he gets thrown off a building... And when he hits the ground, there's this fucking there's this, there's a there's a blood mist that pops out real quick, mm-hmm. and same thing happens in real life. And and the smack sound, the smack it didn't sound like broken glass in this because in nine eleven they were landing on this um this thing. No, they, no, was, they were telling the the reports from nine eleven were when people were hitting the ground, not not the awning mm-hmm. when they were hitting the ground. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. All right, well, in this footage that I saw for for this incident, the suicide. Was when it hit, it was so fucking loud. It was like a, it didn't sound like glass breaking. It sounded like almost like a loud pop in a way, like but, but like a smack. Like like if you had smacked something and it popped at the same time you smacked it, and and extremely loud. That's what it sounded like. Like it was almost deafening. Okay. It's it, it just it was it was scary. Like damn, I'm glad I wasn't there for that shit. That I don't know how anyone could handle that. Shit. I don't know how anyone could watch it or post that shit. I yeah, like I said, it was it was a quick thing, and yeah, I normally don't. I don't watch that shit anymore purposely. I don't know how anyone could watch it in the first place. Like, dude, I, I one of the dealerships I was working at, we had fucking guys watching people get murdered 
literally fucking get their heads cut off by yeah. chainsaws mm-hmm. um, by the drug cartels. Yeah, I, I checked that out. Uh, like, well, why the fuck are you watching this at work? Yeah, no. Why, why the fuck are you watching this at all? Yeah. It's, it's disturbing and it's disgusting. Um, yeah, I did that when, uh, I think after we saw Sicario, I looked up uh, cartel stuff, and then those videos popped up, and my morbid car- curiosity got the best of me for a moment, and then I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I regret watching that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, I, I, I yeah, mean, it, I, look, I'm not going to say that I'm per- perfect, gentlemen, yeah. whatever. I, I watched it, and I, and I looked at him, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong uh, with you guys? Yeah, and I, I, look, I won't go into gross detail, I won't, but I remember like when Nacho at, at my work, he would show... Um, every once in a while, he, if he wasn't showing porn-related shit, he would show vehicle accidents that happen, like you know, like on the autobahn and stuff. Right. And there's just bodies all over the place and still moving and twitching and shit. Yeah. See, so you're going into. Detail. I know, because I'm, I'm not so, talking about. I'm so not talking don't. about the gore. Just so, just say, then it was oh. just shit you don't need to say. Oh, whatever. So it, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I like when he first showed me a glimpse of it. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch this shit. And I turned away and I looked, you know, and I'm, I walked away because I. The, the, it makes me feel weird and, and uncomfortable, and and I hate it. And so, yeah, normally I don't watch that shit anymore. I don't do the Rotten dot com thing anymore. I haven't done that in a very long time, like over a decade. But none of that shit. It's just it's not appealing anymore. It's not, I'm not even curious about it really anymore. Yeah, I, I, I just I I can't. I don't understand how people can watch that stuff. That's but that's me. That's me. Yeah. So uh, with Dietland, so you have Juliana Margulies who plays Kitty, and Kitty is the I wouldn't call her the editor. She basically runs this company called Austin International, mm-hmm. um, or she runs one of the subsidiaries, and she is the fashion mogul. She she works on um, Daisy Chain, which is a funny name for for a for a, a magazine. Yeah. It's sort of a magazine. It's kind of like a you know um, Vanity Fair, if you want to call it that. You know, some sort of. Um, High-end New York fashion magazine, and she's she's a complete bitch. She treats everybody like shit. But and then she does these fake things, like when you know, like when 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 Plum brings up a, a you know these concerns that some of these writers, these these people that write in, um, have, and she and then by by showing fake concern, Margulies' character will say do say something like, oh well, let's turn it into this, right? You know, exactly some, something she can exploit. Yeah, and 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 then of course. They're trying to hush everything up about the the murders that are going on because they're oh there's a there's a leaked email list yeah they're tied to the to the company somehow yeah and well there there was a leaked there was something that got leaked and then there's a leaked email list which I'm not going to get into but that's part of the storyline and then of course all of these all of these people that were on this email list yeah like anyone that's related to them basically starts dying uh-huh. and it's not just them but there's there's it's really current with pop culture and what's going on in pop culture and this this idea that um rapists and pedophiles and all this other stuff are running away free to do what they want yeah but this show is basically a response to all that yeah in, in a sense it really is a response to what's currently going on in the world and i don't know when the book came out but I guarantee you that the book probably came out within the last year or so. Uh, yeah, there we go, two, 2015. <coughs> so <clears throat> I, find it, I find it very interesting that, you know, now this, this stuff that she is, um, that Sarah, Sarai Walker has is is written about in her book has been going on because 
Um, you know, here it is. Dial in is a revenge fantasy for the Me Too era. Well, <coughs> the Me Too era has been going on since 2006. Just no one was paying attention. Yeah, just nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Until Harvey Weinstein. Until Harvey. Until, no, and, and it wasn't Rose McGowan. It was until Ashley Judd. Yeah. Nobody took Rose McGowan seriously. No, yeah, no nobody, one. Nobody took anyone before Rose McGowan seriously. But they sure as hell took, you know, Ashley Judd or Gwyneth Paltrow or... Or the or or yeah, you still you know I, you still don't see Meryl Streep coming out and saying anything. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't seem to. Even though she's but she's been seen buddying with with Harvey in the past. Yeah. So not now, but you know, yeah. But know. but again, I mean, and up until and 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 that's that's failure on media's end. But she also has that's P- not Ashley Judd's people. fault. Yeah, she also has PR people that probably say, "Oh, stay away. You know, don't touch this." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. It it's it's this is a failure on. The media to take this shit seriously. It's not Ashley Judd's fault. Yeah. They only started paying attention to it when high, higher powered women, higher powered than Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. because you can't take an actress or an act. We'll just call yeah. them actors because actresses don't like being called actresses for some reason. Um, when you take an actor who has taken their clothes off in movies, yeah. well, that means that they're whore slut bitches oh, yeah. and will do anything for money, oh, quote yeah. unquote. It's just like uh, something we'll talk about soon in the future where, oh, just because someone says that they're bisexual or something, that people, autom- a lot of, there's some people that automatically assume, oh, well, they're sexually promiscuous then, and I can do, do weird things to them. Right. So <clears throat> um, I, I, find, I find that this information, uh, this entire book, Diet Land, um, or I haven't seen the I haven't seen the book I haven't read the book seen the book I haven't watched all of the uh, episodes because they're not out yet yeah but the first three episodes are out and I haven't seen the third <coughs> one yet um <coughs> yeah well I, I ca- I'm calling it the second episode but it's really the third episode yeah um because they mashed the first two episodes together oh um real quick when you um when you were mentioning when I said I had there was something that I had to mention about the show. It, you you started you mentioned the after of it. You know how like the the show has the occasional little animations, right? Of right. her character, the one where she's right before that she starts to have the hallucination where she's sitting on the couch. There's an animation of her sitting on the couch, watching TV, and I I think she's either holding a bowl of food or uh, the TV remote, and she looks just so bored and just fat and just and I was sitting on the couch like and I was in the same exact position that she was in. And I think I was holding the same exact thing she was holding at that time. So it was like this fucking mirror, and I started laughing during that moment. I'm like, "You motherfuckers!" <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and the thing is, is that she doesn't sit and eat. She'll eat salad. Yeah. She stays away from chocolate. Like, there's a scene in in the first or second episode where she's making a cake and she's singing and she yeah and she licks it and then and she she enjoys it. She literally enjoys that one little brief moment of satisfaction yeah. of a job well done. I mean, the cake is amazing, yeah, right? Yeah, she just licks some frosting and, off her and finger. And she licks some frosting off her finger, and then she immediately goes and spits it into the sink and feels shame. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of rewarding herself or, or whatever, finding gratitude in the fact that she did this for somebody yeah. and somebody really likes the job that she does. Yeah. Um, it's a very well done series so far. I hope that they do not go the route of, unfortunately, The Walking Dead with this. Or Nip Tuck. Or Nip Tuck. <laughs> um, I watched a few episodes of Nip Tuck. I'm like the first season it started is off really good. fucking great. It started off really good. But I, you know, the dude that plays Magneto. Yeah. Not a big fan. Oh, you mean the 
<laughs> the Playboy guy. Yeah, the one who played Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, it, I th- yeah, it, that was one. That was kind of like weeds. It was like it, you, after three seasons, it ran out of ideas, and then it started doing extremes with the characters, right? Just so that they keep going. What was that show on USA that was on after um, Burn Notice? It was about this this doctor guy who becomes the doctor to the rich in some Miami town. I don't know. It wasn't White Collar. I, I don't remember what it was. Uh, that that show, too. I've never uh, seen White Collar. USA TV show about a doctor. <laughs> doctor Hamptons. That's what it is. Uh, Royal Pains. Okay. That show started off really good, and then, like, they, like, the the whole relationship between the brothers, the whole relationship between you know the doctor guy and yeah. his assistant, like I don't really, I, I I didn't. The first season was fine, but after that, it was just boring. Yeah. TV trope shit, and you know, and that's I I really hope that these show you know same thing with suits. Good lord, first three seasons of suits were amazing. Yeah. And then after the first three seasons, it's. It's like every episode is the same. Oh, no, someone's trying to come after the company. <laughs> oh, no, Mike's gone off the rock. He fucking, he's unhinged. You know, he's doing his own thing. Yeah. Harvey's not doing this. Uh, fucking, <coughs> um, God damn it. There's, there's one, um, uh, what's his name? He's really good. Lit, uh, Lewis Lit. The guy that plays Lewis Lit mm-hmm. on, on um, Suits. We've seen him in a bunch of other stuff, but he's he's fucking amazing as an act, a character actor. <coughs> Gabriel Mock is good too, but um, Rick Hoffman, this guy. Oh yeah, he he usually plays an asshole. Yeah, he but he's really good. He was in Lethal Weapon Four, uh, Cellular, Hostel Part Two. Yeah, I'm used to him. Yeah, I'm always used to seeing him play a fucking asshole. He's not in a lot of great movies, but he does a lot of TV too. I mean, look at this, the Barney oh, yeah. show. He's all over the place on TV. American Dad. <coughs> Look at this. Just just a huge amount of shows. Yeah, a lot of TV work. But he plays a great douche. He really does. Yeah. And um I want to see more of him in other in, in other uh things. Yeah. So anyways, um but Suits has just gotten long in the tooth because it's the same like every fucking season is the same exact season over and over again. Yeah. Oh, what's what's Mike gonna do? Is he gonna take that job? Is he gonna do this? Is he gonna do that? Oh, he remembers this. Amazing, because he's a he has an eidetic memory. He can remember everything. Yeah, there's boring. That, that's kind of how I felt about Shameless. You know, a lot of people still love Shameless. I, I I just got tired. It felt like the same thing. Every every episode started becoming oh another reason why we can't pay the rent because fucking Frank spent all the money again to get alcohol or whatever. Right. I, I get tired of it. Oh, and then who's this? Who's the main daughter gonna fuck this week? I I don't care anymore. Right. That's what I I'm hoping that Dietland doesn't turn into that. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this show because it's so good right now. Uh, it's it's such an excellent show. And it's different than all the other stuff that's out there because the main character is fat, and she and she knows that she's fat, yeah. and that's what the whole point of the story is: is that she's going through this this adventure, if you want to call it um, journey. I'd say journey. Yeah, this journey through this part of her life where the previous part of her life she just accepted, and now she wants to change, and there are people that are helping her. Helping her try to change. I've got the hiccups and I'm coughing. This is wonderful. <laughs> and and um, Joy Nash, who plays Plum Kettle, 
is amazing. She's a great actress. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big. I was never a big fan of Julianne Margulies, but she's really good in this. She plays. She plays the part of uh, the like uh, Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. If you've ever seen that movie, I it's it's kind of a mixture of that movie. Stanley Tucci's great in that movie. Yeah, and so is so is Meryl Streep. Oh yeah. I mean the, the whole cast is is great. And, uh, yeah, that was the one of the first films with Emily Blunt in it. Yeah, I I don't and I don't generally watch movies like that. Yeah. But I, it was on. It's somebody an, had watched it's it. It's got an energy to it. And I I was like fuck I'll watch it and I was well it was on and I was, and then I just got. You know how you're watching something, yeah. and then all of a sudden you slowly start to walk away, but you're not really walking away. You're walking towards the, the fucking couch or whatever, yeah. and then you sit down. And you're like, I'll watch this for a few minutes. Meryl Streep, I mean, not you know, not even including everyone else with the cast. Meryl Streep alone has that power to do that with almost everything she's in. Yeah, even even though she's a like, if you ever seen her in August, Osage County, she's fucking mesmerizing. Yeah, in that. she's one of the best actresses ever. Yeah. So it's like I think that like there's not really there's not really five um, actor nominations anymore for for actress. There's four because she gets an honorary one of those five every time. Yeah. So it's like every year that's her. If, slot. if she's in a movie that year, yeah, you just have to you know. Yeah, she could be in a garbage pail kids remake, and I guarantee you there'd still be a slot reserved for her. Yeah, <laughs> like John Williams at the Porn Awards. Yeah, there for you go. Best musical score. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you don't score until you score. So, anyways, um, I highly recommend it. It's a good series, like I said. I'm just hoping that it's not going to go into um, a really bad uh, spiral. Yeah, yeah, in stretches. I, I, you know, I don't even know how long they plan on making it for. Because, like I, I mentioned this before, I, I haven't done a, a pick of the week for it, but the terror is is another one that's on AMC, and they, you know. They ran the. They did the whole book in the first season. So, um, if they do anything extra, it's going to be a spinoff in a way, and, and extra ideas for some other time. And so, I like the fact that it was just ten episodes. It told the whole fucking story better than a, a single movie could have. And then, there you go. That's all you needed. So, with Dietland, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to need to go because I don't know anything about the book. But yeah. hopefully, they're smart enough not to keep going on for too long like they are with The Walking Dead, or or Suits. Oh yeah, or suits. I which I still haven't seen yet. But yeah, there's, they, so, there's got, so many goddamn shows, dude. They've got Catherine Heigl uh, in in the TV show now. A talented new who plays Samantha Wheeler, a talented new partner at Spectre Lit who challenges the status quo. Shut the oh, fuck great. up. You, oh, you mean Catherine Heigl's good at playing a bitch? Okay, good. <laughs> she remember her? She was going to be this huge star, and she ended up alienating herself from everybody because she's a fucking asshole. She's hard to work with. She's like the Mandy Patinkin of this generation. Uh, whatever. So, but I mean, he's a better actor <laughs> than than that Catherine Heigl. You know what sucks is that Gabriel Mock played the Spirit in the movie The Spirit, uh-huh. and he's a good actor. Spirit uh, sucked. I don't even that think movie, I watched yeah. that, that movie. Sucked. Yeah, that was that, you that, suck. That movie purposely exploited Sin, Alpha Sin City, man. Well, it was made by Frank. Miller. I know. I know. Exactly. They did it on purpose. I I know, and they exploited the fuck out of it, didn't they? They were like, oh, hey, well, Sin City was successful. Let's do The Spirit. Oh, 300 was successful. Let's do Sin City. Sin City was two years before um, 300. Was it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so? <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking Frank Miller. I'm knocking that the every that's the Hollywood thing where, oh, they see a certain kind of thing and then they have to copy it as quickly as possible. That's what I'm talking about. No, it was the Zack Snyder thing, which Zack Snyder has copied in every one of his movies. 
There's that as well. Na- name another movie that has done this that wasn't directed by Zack Snyder. Other than, hold on, hold on. Other than Sin City, Sin City 2, and Spirit. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I don't know, because the Spirit wasn't a hit, so they didn't want to go that way anymore. <laughs> yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that the only times that anyone has seen that t- style, yeah. I mean, he even does it in fucking, well, he does it in Watchmen. He did it in Batman versus Superman. Uh, he did it in. They did it in Justice League. It was just wasn't as well. Yeah, cause, washed out because Man of Steel and 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 Batman v Superman pretty much set the 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 bar of how they want to do things. Set the template for how they want to. Uh, yeah. They, and yeah, it's working. Unfortunately, so well. they still sucked. And then so you know, they, I saw Justice League for sale for eleven bucks on Blu-ray, and I still wasn't tempted to buy it. <laughs> if it gets down to a dollar, maybe. If it goes down to five dollars, I might do it just to add it to the collection of DC movies I have. But I, I don't really care. I, there's nothing that can save that movie. So. Nothing. You can't even retcon that shit. It's yeah. fucking. But anyways, so the, that's what I'm talking about. Is it has nothing to do because Sin City Two came out after this, and they still did it in that style. Um, the problem with the whole movie in and of itself is that <coughs> uh, it suffers from a lot of. Um, a lot of studio interference. Yeah. All right. That's I'm talking about the spirit. So yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Dialand. I um, I'm gonna continue watching it. So um, I'll see the third episode. Um, I might watch it tonight when I get home when I have dinner or whatever. But um, I don't know. I'm 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 invested. I'm invested in it. So. All right. And finally. Finally, the main event. You're not gonna talk about it at all, huh? You're just gonna wait. I am gonna wait. Yes. If you're allowed to go off into tangents and, and, and bring up other shows and, and all that stuff, then I can wait for you to bring up the stuff I'm supposed to read off of. No. All right. So, as Riding Rocks Los Angeles in the year 2028. What, what, are, what fucking movie are we reviewing? I'm going to say. I, I, and finally, our, and, and last or finally, we will be reviewing, or this is our Hotel Artemis review. And then you do the summary. We <laughs> and finally, our... Main, <laughs> our review of the week, of course, our main review of the week is Hotel Artemis, which uh, is as rioting rocks Los Angeles in the year 2028. Disgruntled thieves make their way to Hotel Artemis, a 13-story members-only hospital for criminals. Let's just get into it. Can't read the trailer. I didn't know if you were going to re- read the whole thing. Hey, fuck that. I'm going to read the whole goddamn thing. No. It's too long. I can read it. I can read it. I just don't. Oh, generally, you don't stop yourself. That's I was... Surprised. Hello. How can I help? Yeah, I got two rooms left. <laughs> Showtime. The audience is a secret hospital for criminals. Easy, fellas. Everybody's gonna get fixed up. Now verify your memberships, and we're off to the races. This thing is covered in blood. It's always covered in blood. This is America. 85% of what I fix is bullet holes. Oh, man. Okay, the a new suit. We'll get to another without all the holes in it. I'm in position to finish the job, but I need a 30% raise for inconvenience and because you're fucking gross. Nice. Pronounced niece. I was talking about your ass, not your room allocation. Hey, put your dirty boots on the sofa in your own house. Oh, hey, go fuck yourself. 
He's here. The Wolf King is in the building. You need to leave here right fucking now. The Wolf King of LA. Such a dumb nickname. I guess my ballroom days are over, baby. Tell me over and over. This hospital was built on trust and rules. People don't always do it their toe. Why don't you skip the fuck along? No water in LA, but it's raining assholes in here. Tell me over and over. I gotta fucking kill you now! And I don't really want to do that, because I feel like we got chemistry. Things are going to hell in a handbasket full of blood and shit. When I walk away, don't jump on my back, okay? If you do, I'm gonna fuck you up for real this time. <laughs> that was obviously different than the trailer that we've seen. I have a feeling that that was the <laughs> Red Band trailer. <laughs> not, not that it said Red Band trailer at the bottom. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. David Batista. Well, it's Dave. Just call him Dave. That dude is becoming my favorite fucking actor. Mm-hmm. He really is. Because yeah, I, I, look, it's always a good selling point. Being humble, he is a very humble motherfucker, and he's willing to learn, and and it, it shows. I mean, it's him, him as Drax, uh, him in this, you know, in Hotel Artemis, him in him in uh, Riddick. It, it yeah, I, I I agree. I totally agree about Dave Bautista, man. I th- he's probably. I think he, out of all the characters in the film, besides Jeff Goldblum, of course, because I always want to see what he's going to, you know, give. Um, Dave Bautista is. I want to. I kept wanting to see when's the next time he's going to show up on the screen. Every time I was watching, you know, the whole film. Oh yeah, and and not not just in this film, but like every film that he's in. Yeah. Like he, like Joe and I had this discussion of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, John Cena, Dave Bautista. Yeah. And like how. And I didn't ask you this one, but how many times was Dave Batista oh, yeah. Blade Runner? I forgot about Blade Runner. Yeah, how many times was Dave Batista given a, or or offered a role like the Marine or any of these other WCW or Dwayne the Rock Johnson or John Cena movies? Yeah, and he basically just said, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, how many times? I wonder. You know, and not. I don't think he said, "Go fuck yourself," but it's just like <laughs> there's, there's. I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna do that. Let let those other guys do this. Yeah. And and he gets the fucking real meaty roles, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't. I mean, literally, he doesn't know how to act. He he did you know wrestling and stuff like that, yeah. and it prepares you, but not in in any any way to be this good. Yeah, layered. And he he did a lot of work to get this good. I yeah. mean, you have to anyways. It doesn't matter. And. So, you know, like I said, Joe and I had this discussion, but the original discussion was how many movies did John Cena take that Dwayne The Rock Johnson turned down? That's I, what I want to know. I think only Vince McMahon knows. You know, <laughs> The Marine. Yeah. How, you know. 12 rounds. Not 12. No, no, that's 12 blo- or 16. Blo- I, I think it's 12 rounds. Yeah. 12 rounds was the one after uh, The Marine where his girlfriend's captured and he's got to fucking go through all this shit to find, <laughs> find where she's at. So um, I like that guy, man. He just the Dave Batista is just, yeah. He um, oh, Inspector. Fuck, I forgot about him, Inspector as well. He 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 only had one, he only spoke one word in the entire film. He said shit when he right before he died. Yeah, didn't he play like a French 
assassin or some shit like that. Something or, like that. He was completely silent until he gets thrown off the train at the end of the movie, and then he goes, shit. Yeah, so he <laughs> he he wrestled from 2000 to 2014. Um, let's just see what, what... So he wrestled all the way up into Drax. Yeah. Well, he took a couple years off between 2010 and 13 to film, I'm sure. Yeah, because he was in Riddick. Um, dude, after being released from WWE, Batista attended Strike Force Los Angeles... Um, he would be embarking on an MMA career. He became a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> um, yeah, don't piss him off. Uh, Batista announced that negotiating contract with Strikeforce fell through. Um, Undefeated. 1-0. <laughs> Evans was forced out of the bout after a probation violation. Um, yeah, he won by TKO. Yeah, he stood from punches. Like, he just kept wailing on he the just dude. fucking beat the shit out of that guy. Um, let's see what... Look at the difference between him there. Yeah. Well, that's just like The Rock, dude. And him there. You look at The Rock when he was a wrestler. Oh, that's 2005. You look at when The Rock was a wrestler back in the early 2000s and, and, and now. He, he look he was definitely in shape back in when he was in the wrestling, but it was a different kind of shape. Like, now he's way more bigger and defined. Back then, he was just bulky, you know, buff, okay, right? so he was in Scorpion 3. God, Ron Perlman will take any fucking I'll, role. I'll, God I'll, damn. I'll fucking forgive. I'll give. I'll forgive Batista for being in Scorpion 3 because basically you have to be in shit movies. You got to start it off somewhere, right? Yeah, uh, The Man with the Iron hey, Fist. Dude, James Cameron, man, his first fucking directorial film was uh, Piranha sequel. Yeah, so. Relative Strangers. Which looks like it has Danny DeVito. I thought it was Melissa McCarthy. Is that Danny DeVito up to Kathy uh, Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates, um, Nev Campbell. I can't see the dude. I don't know what that is. There's Michael. He was in a yeah. He was in a film directed by Werner Herzog. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awful fucking picture, dude. That is an awful. Oh yeah, that's that's not even. That's not. So we're looking at the the cover of a movie called Wrong Side of Town. Yeah, his head looks too small for his body. And not only does his head look too small for his body, his arms are wrong. Yeah. Look at his arms. That's that, that's I mean, a that's a bad painting. Oh, that's that's definitely photoshopped like a motherfucker, dude. I... House of the Rising Sun, uh, that Guardians, L.A. Slasher. I mean, look, dude. Kickboxer. He was the funniest character in Infinity War. That movie had like seventy actors with speaking lines in that film. 70 well-known actors, and he had some of the best lines in that movie. Yeah, can't see me. <laughs> How long have you been there? Two hours. Goes, An hour. <laughs> and you didn't even know I was there. Dude, we it, knew you were there the whole time. What's great about Batista is his approach, because he's not like a, a seasoned actor yet, is the less is more <coughs> thing. He knows his limits, and he, he fucking he, um, strives in them. He strives in his limits. And yeah, he he knows he knows what he can do and what he can't do. So you don't see him try to get overly emotional and shit, like crying and stuff. He he delivers he delivers in the way that that he knows he can deliver best. And yeah, fucking love the guy. Love watching the guy on screen. Yeah, what is it? The fucking that went right over his head. It doesn't go over my head. I jump up and catch it. Yeah, if it flew over my head. I, I <laughs> nothing goes over my head. <laughs> What, what should be a commercial for it? Yeah. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes over. <laughs> he's so great. Yeah. And he's great in Hotel Artemis, man. Yeah, yeah like I said, I, I I kept waiting for another time he was going to pop up on the screen. Yeah. 
you know, and don't jump on my back again. If you do that, I'm gonna fuck you up for real. Yeah, Hotel Artemis. Um, it, I'm glad that I walked <coughs> away happy that I saw it. Uh, you know, because I had I was worried that it was gonna turn into shit. And me too. It didn't turn into shit. Uh, there, there, I mean, there's things I wish it had done more of, and 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 things like that. But it, uh, overall, I enjoyed the movie, and I I don't have any major complaints for the film. I I am not a Jodie Foster fan. I've never been a Jodie Foster no? fan. No, I mean she's a good actor. Yeah, I, I just the movies that she's in. Yeah. I don't I loved her care. in Contact. I absolutely loved her in Contact. You know, I, I don't I don't care for for her movies. And and uh, point of fact, um, just to let you know mm-hmm. what I've seen of hers because I, I haven't seen Contact, but I have oh, yeah. seen. I loved her in Contact. Um, I've seen Taxi Driver. Yeah, she was she was just a little kid in that though. I think she was like thirteen or something. But some she was shit. still fucking amazing in it. Um oh great, we got a selected filmography. Um Elysium, she was really good in Elysium. And she played it okay, she but played the bad that, guy. That's that's you. I, I, I didn't care for see she was in Bugsy Malone, Freaky Friday, um The Accused. I've seen the Accused, yes. obviously. The Silence of the Lambs, she was great in. Uh she was okay in Maverick. Uh I Nell, I didn't care for Home for the Holidays. Is that the one with? There's something about that movie, but uh, anyways, uh, Contact, not not a big Panic Room. Have you ever seen that? And in the King, nope. Flight Plan, Inside Man, The Brave One, Nim's Island, The Beaver, Carnage, Elysium, Money Monster, and, and even then, okay. So out of all of those movies, I've seen a little bit of each one of them. Yeah, and. None of them I was interested. They didn't interest me. She was good in Inside Man. Like 90% of her movies, mm-hmm. I could care less. She was really good. I mean, but she's a, she's a good actor. It's, yeah. it's her... Her role choices, yeah. Her role choices. It's the movies. And um, I was afraid that this was going to turn into... Wow, she was in Mayberry RFD. Um I, wow, she was in the Partridge Family and Kung Fu. She's like fuck. She's like a um. She's like Sally Field in in a way. Like she's just a younger version of Sally Field. Yeah, but um, just her her filmography it doesn't interest me. She's she picks films that are are for her. Yeah, and and I'm and don't get me wrong, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I don't think less of her. I don't think that she's a piece of shit because she makes movies that I don't want to see. Yeah, I think that if you as an actor choose your film roles the way you choose your film roles, more power to. You. I mean, look at she turned down <laughs> Hannibal. <clears throat> she would have made a fuck ton of money if she she played Clary Sterling again to be in Hannibal. Absolutely, and she turned that shit down. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> that right there tells you what kind of person Jodie Foster is yeah. when it comes to acting. She does. She didn't think that it was right. She didn't like the direction the character was going, and she didn't want to do it. Yeah, and and I can't disagree. You know, like again, I I don't look at I don't look at an actor, an actor's political history or their views or anything else like that. Yeah. That that's not how I go see movies based yeah. on anything. I go see movies based on my experience with the movies mm-hmm. that they've made, and. My experience with the movies that Jodie Foster made with The Accused, Silence of the Lambs, Maverick, um, I, I thought Anna and the King was just garbage. Uh, yeah. um, Nell was not bad. Contact wasn't bad. I haven't watched all of it, but that one. Panic Room's good. Um, Panic Room was... That's a Fincher uh, movie, dude. It's good. Again, not my cup of tea. Forrest Whitaker. Dwight fucking Yoakam is a killer in that. It's I good. don't... It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can talk it all up. I've I understand. I've seen parts of it, and it's just 
Oh wait, I, can't get into I, I know it. why you don't like it. You this is and this is subconscious. You don't like it because Jared Leto's in it and he has cornrows in it. No, <laughs> I don't like it because. It's, can you just be I, fucking fun I with me? I don't fucking care. It's it's not a it's, no, it's that's a garbage not it. movie. That's not it. No, <laughs> fucking got, goddamn Nixon over here. It's just it's not a it's not a movie I care about. She directed The Beaver with uh, <coughs> Mel Gibson, and it's another movie that I don't care about. Beaver's fucking that's a good performance, dude, by uh, by Gibson in that movie. I'm I'm sure it is, but again, I'm not a drama guy. Yeah, I don't. That's and that's what it comes down to. Um, anyways, when it comes to these movies. I choose based off of the actors and their history and if I like them. And when I saw that she was in this movie, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but I watched the trailer uh-huh. and I thought about it. And, of course, you know, the guy that directed it, uh, Pierce. <coughs> yeah, Drew Pierce. And I'm like, it's got Batista in it. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. So <clears throat> Might as well. There wasn't anything worth seeing out this week, you know. Except uh, I think Upgrade looked interesting, but not enough to, to overdo uh, this one. Upgrade is just the preview of Venom. Um, <laughs> but it has David Batista, Charlie Day. It has um, Sophia Botella. It's got Jeff Goldblum. It's got a terrible performance by uh, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, that was one of my that complaints. One of my few complaints was, <laughs> was Quinto. It was, it was a wasted performance by his character. It's like it, you, it might as well have just had a nobody in that role. They Absolutely, did, they didn't. Quinto did not need to be there. So, so yeah. Um, you know what? Same thing with Jodie Foster. Um, I this, I feel the same way about uh, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett was going to be the next Teen Idol, especially um, around the time of uh, of Halloween H two O and then Pearl Harbor and all that stuff. And he was getting all, all these roles offered thrown at him, you know, so he could be this heartthrob and. He he walked away from that shit. He he just wanted to do the roles he wanted to do. That's why you saw him do that small role in Sin City, and he's done off offbeat things. If you look at his filmography, there's some offbeat stuff that he's done because he doesn't care. He doesn't. Can, can I ask a question? Yeah. Where did Josh Hartnett come from? I'm talking about actors that that don't um, they they pick the roles they want to do. They don't do the ones that are safe or the ones that just make them money. You okay. know what I mean? I just wanted to know. They do the way they like it. That's why I brought up Josh Hartnett. Or, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I subconsciously want to bully the guy. I don't know. No. Maybe. Nah, nah. I'm not into dudes. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not into freckly dudes. Anyways. So, all right. Uh, but, yeah, it, this movie is, I look, I, I don't I don't know what my rating is going to be on it yet. It's going to be definitely over five. It's definitely over five. It's, it's between a six and a seven, I think, for me. I'm not sure exactly where. But... Uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to give this movie um, too many negatives. Like I like the look of it. the The sets, the sets were um, they were appropriate for the subject matter. They, they they didn't seem to go over the top. You know, they were droll and very old and stuff like that. And it worked. All of, you know, the walls, the, the 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 furniture, all that shit. It looked great. It was cool for the for the subject matter and the dim lighting and. Uh, and just every actor that was in it seemed like they were having a good time, except for you know Quinto. <laughs> yeah, there was something. I mean, I don't. I think it's just I a could badly give a character. shit less about that character. It was a badly it, written character. And I'm. I mean, spoiler alert: he dies. Oh, yeah. Thankfully. Oh, yeah, most of the people in the movie fucking die. But Jeff Goldblum, you know, um, who is 
Like, what bothered me about the whole this whole second act was, so Zachary Quinto says, "You'll have my this room ready for blah blah blah, yeah yeah yeah." Yeah. And all he and he he's grown up in this household. He's Jeff Goldblum's son, who is the Wolf King of Los Angeles, right? Yeah. And and he's 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 the biggest crime boss in Los Angeles. Yeah. So he's grown up in this fucking household that knows that that. The Wolf King owns Hotel Artemis, yeah. so all he had to do was call and be nice. Yeah, he knew that. Yeah, and that and and that again, that's a failure of the script writers. You're right, absolutely. And what bothered me is that, that it was forced conflict. Yeah, and and it could have been it could have been so much better if instead of having Zachary Quinto's character play this brash, arrogant asshole, he could still be a brash, arrogant asshole. But he could have played it smooth like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Like just, you know, you know that underlying that thing, this 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 person, that there's a bad temper that's about to come out and and he's going to make a lot of mistakes because he's young. Yeah. Instead of just controlled rage. Yeah. And and everything about Zachary Quinto's character is just right on the surface. Uncontrolled rage. Yeah, it was, uh, Crosby was his character's name. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't need to be done that way. It could have been just done smooth, like like John Travolta in in um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, right. It, when you have Vince a character, Vigna. yeah, when you have a character that he's he's just he just rolls with it, mm-hmm. but will murder you at the drop of a fucking hat. Oh yeah, and you know? definitely don't key his fucking car. Yeah, don't don't key his car, <laughs> and, and just and, and just. Be cool, man. Be I love cool. it when you when you go back and you watch that movie, and when Bruce Willis is walking out of the bar after they've had their little confrontation. Yeah, and you see um, Willis juggling his keys. Right. So it's a little hint that you you know. So it's for people that really watch that movie. Yeah. Some know. asshole just keyed my car. Yeah. Because yeah. It's fucking what cool. kind of fucking asshole keys another man's car? What kind of chicken shit motherfucker do? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, this 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 whole movie is about performances. It's all about the actors, the characters. Just like when you watch, like, say, The Hateful Eight, right? Where it's all about, like, like you know, the settings are, are there, of course, like you're watching a play. But the main reason is you're watching these actors interact with each other. And even Charlie Day, who's very typecastable, if that's a term I can use. Um, you're, I mean, you, you're, we're all used to seeing him play a certain kind of guy, right? And... You know, like in the trailers, it seemed like he was just going to play the same kind of douchey, fucking higher energy dickhead. But and he was kind of like that in this movie. But there was a little more to him than that when he was delivering his lines and stuff like that. There was there was more to him. So it was. I, I wish that some of the the effort that was put into his character had been put into Quintos as well. You know, and that um, and <laughs> I think the only scene that was worth watching with Quinto in that entire film was when he was telling Goldblum about. All the things that that Goldblum said to him as a kid that inspired him to work hard and all this stuff, right? And then Goldblum fucking just retorts back with this like this crushing. This is this is this indifferent crushing comment. I can't. Re- what the fuck was it? It was just like, oh god, I didn't know if I wouldn't have said it to you if I knew it was going to turn you into such a pussy, yeah, or something like that, right? It's just fucking great. Yeah. So oh god, he's like, Dad, all this stuff, and I really love you, and you know, you really taught me how to be a man, and. And, and I want to make you proud. Make you proud. Yeah, I would have told you all that stuff. I knew you were going to be. You were going to turn out to be a fucking pussy. 
And he's just like, oh, it's like a mic drop scene, right oh. there. <laughs> and he gives him the, he gives him the ring. He's like, I fucking hope you know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, yeah. <coughs> huh. So, um, and then of course the main, I mean, the main character of the movie besides Jodie Foster is Sterling K. Brown's character as the bank robber. You know, pretty much. Yeah. And him and his brother. Yeah, and I, I like Sterling K. Brown. He's one of those actors that I, I see him every once in a while in something, and like, what have I seen him in? You know, I, I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember I liked him in whatever else I saw him in. So you can tell he could be a, a decent leading man for a movie. Um, and then uh, and I also like the fact that he, you know, he had that that situation with his brother, and that his brother they could have done something where his brother took up too much of the film with him, his interactions with his brother, but they didn't. Instead, you know what I mean? Uh, you kept having uh, Brown's character, which, you know, his nickname in the hotel was Waikiki. Right. Where um, everybody's a de- destination, right? A, 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 you know, a vacation destination, right? Honolulu. Yeah, Sorry. so there's, there's... Waikiki and Honolulu. Yeah, his brother was Honolulu. Um, Sophia Boutelas was niece, right? Right. And then uh, Niagara was Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I can't remember what Charlie Days was. Charlie Days was Acapulco. Yeah. So, and then Dave Bautista was Everest. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah. It just this is, it was it was cool to see like um, how like Brown can you know kept going to another scene where he interacts. First he's in, you know he'll interact with his brother, then he interacts with with the Foster, then he goes and he you know bring, talks to uh, to uh, to niece to Sophia Butella's character. Right. Who I, you know what I'm liking Sophia Butella more and more because she she could have been so one note as as an actress you know and. We've seen her in like four or five things since we started doing this. Yeah, she was an atomic blonde. Yeah. She did the mummy, she, obviously. Yeah, she was scissor legs or you know, um sword legs gazelle in yeah. uh, Kingsman. Right. And everything that you uh, we've seen her in, there's she brings a little something different every single time. Yeah, she she's a good actress. Yeah. Unfortunately the mummy sucked. Yeah. Um and that's not her fault. Again, that's Yeah, that's it's not <laughs> it's it's the owners. Yeah, and you only do so much with what you got, it, right? It's it's not it's not the workers. It's the management and the owners. <laughs> there you go. Like the car business, right? Exactly. Like any business. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, if you hire bad workers, yeah, that's going to affect it. But yeah, and, you know, in these cases, yeah, not so much. And going back to Brown's character with his brother, um, I, that was a real that was a real thing. Like the 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 situation he had where. Brown is the one who is in the fuck up. He's the one that's always carrying the load in that relationship. Right. And his brother's the fuck up that you know the the the, the quote unquote ex junkie who's not really an ex junkie. Right. And and then you see that moment where you know because his brother's been holding him back the whole time that they've they've been doing this shit. And then once his brother's dead, um, I noticed two things in his character when his when he we realized his brother was dead was that. The burden is gone, uh-huh. but he's also grief for his brother because he couldn't save him. So he felt the guilt of not right. being able to save him. But I, I think I, and here's the thing. Yeah, I I I don't think he, I think he saved him by killing him. Yeah, you're probably right. And I think that's I I think he knew because she, Jodie Foster, her, her, the nurse. Yeah. So nurse tells I don't know. Oh, no, either, Everest. Everest. No, Everest. Honolulu or whoever. Okay. Um, Waikiki. Yeah, <laughs> she, so she tells Waikiki that her his brother he either he needs to get a real liver because this one is not going to work. Yeah. This is not a permanent replacement. There, there's real damage, and he has to get a replacement liver. Yeah. So this is temporary at best. Yeah. And it'll get you to the next stop, but that's pretty pretty much about it. So he knew he knew already at the beginning of the movie that 
he was living on borrowed time with his brother. Yeah. And that his brother was going to still be a burden on top of all, all of everything else that's going on. He, I mean, he's already a burden. He's just going to be more. He's going to be dead weight now. Yeah. No pun intended, but yeah. dead weight. So They're in the situation because he stole the fucking pen. And, and as you're watching it, all he had to do was just drop the pen on the floor, yeah. you know, near Jeff Goldblum's character or whatever, or give it to the nurse. Yeah. And you know that things are going to be okay. But they set the tension so well, and that's what happens with the... With, and the tension goes away after Zachary Quinto's character comes on. Yeah. That everything that built up to that got lost. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, there was good stuff. <laughs> like, uh, when she had to go down... To, when the nurse had to go down to get Jenny Slate's character uh-huh. out, of, out of the alleyway... Right. ...and pull her in, it's like, you know something's going to happen, you hope it doesn't, and it draws you in, because you, right. you want to see her get back into this building. Right. Some, and it was... It was it was really cool how quickly that fucking alleyway filled up with people. Yeah, and and I was wondering if the Wolf King's people were going to come and fucking um, uh, seal off that door. Yes, too? yeah, yeah um, uh, weld the door shut. Yeah, I, I was waiting for that to happen. Like she's trying to get back in. She's got the she's got the lady. Yeah, right. And and you know what? Thinking about that, that the Quinto character that was so fucking stupid. Him sealing off the doors so no one else could get in there. Yeah, but that's he's overreacting, it's right? So fucking dumb. I, so and and I get it, but you know, panic time and whatever else. But he's part of a fucking you get it, but mob. You ain't buying it. Yeah, yeah. So that that character I can't buy because when you're in that life, overreacting yeah. gets you killed. Yeah, and he's. I mean, if he's the son of the Wolf King, he's not going to tolerate that shit. Well, I. It could, like I said, it could have been played better. Yeah, you know, he could still overreact. Because it's his dad. Yeah. And that's fine because emotions are going to play into it. To a point. But the overreaction could have been held back because, again, he's he's the son of a fucking major crime boss. Yeah. He, he could have been Tony Jr., Tony Soprano Jr. Yeah. <coughs> if, he he had been, if, he, if he had been AJ yeah. or Christopher, if his character... Was based on Christopher Moltisanti. Mm-hmm. How fucking great would yeah. Zachary Quinto's character have been? Well, th- and that's the problem is that he was more like he acted more like a subordinate than a fucking son, right? You know, and and so he acted like, oh, the president's coming, you yeah. know, and he, so he started making all these stupid choices, you know. It, it, yeah, and, and it like weak. I said, it, it would have been better if he had been played as a Christopher Moltisanti type character, yeah, where it's reserved anger. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he's going to panic a little bit because it's his dad. Yeah. You know, because he wants everything to be, he wants everything to work out. Yeah. But it might not work out. Yeah. And then Goldblum's like the opposite. He's reserved. He's confident. He's smooth. Right. You know, and it, it's great for to see Goldblum do that because we've seen him do that before, and it's, but it's been a while, right? Yeah. And so to see him finally not do the caricature of, of himself. You know, where he's, you know, the Game Master, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. The Game Master is amazing. I love the Game Master. Yeah, but th- that's an extreme caricature of Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. But it works for Thor. It works for Thor. But it doesn't work in all the movies that he been, no. he's in currently, you know, in the last couple of years yeah. where he's just a fucking wackadoo. Yeah, I don't need to see Dr. Ian Malcolm on meth. Right. You know, because that's what he's turning into. Yeah, it's Christopher Walken, but like <laughs> extreme. Wow. Yeah, you know. Uh, I got my star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I got my star, and um, I got it kind of fast. Hi, I'm uh <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, and uh, <laughs> this is my Hollywood Walk of Fame. So everything up until that point, when we were talking about uh, Waikiki and his brother, 
and so he's got this he's got this fake liver, and you're watching it as it's counting down, yeah, as it's trying to integrate with his regular liver, yeah, and and like he gets down, it's taking too long, obviously, yeah, but he knows that it, it it's not going to take too long. It's going to be done because it went from thirteen to like eleven percent in a matter of a couple minutes, yeah, while they're while they were um, talking in the room, yeah, and he turns the fucking machine off because he knows that if his brother survives, it's going to be another burden on him. Again, dead weight plus a burden yeah. is a huge amount of burden, right? And then he, and then there's no guarantee that he's going to survive. So, what better way to to let it go yeah. than to let his brother go? He doesn't have to clean up the mess, yeah, you know, because it gets messy. And he doesn't have to deal with his deadweight brother again. No pun intended, but pun intended. Yeah. <coughs> oh. He doesn't have to deal with his deadweight brother, um, <clears throat> and drag his ass around, hoping that you know they don't get shot at or don't get busted or or thrown in jail for fucking you know his brother fucking up because he's a junkie. Yeah. So that whole that whole dynamic between the two brothers. And and then of course Waikiki and everybody else, but that whole dynamic was so tense and so great. Yeah, uh, this movie was awesome up until Zachary Quinto. Yeah, there's always something that fucks things up, didn't it? I, I blame management. Yeah, so I, yeah, you know what? Pretty much uh, the, here here are my two complaints. Zachary Quinto is the biggest problem. The other problem is the movie's runtime is so short that. I, I I was craving, and maybe this is a good thing. I don't know, but I I was craving more. I wanted more interactions, more story, more 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 background, more depth. I wanted a little more of everything from everybody, except Quinto, of course. He could have just fucking walked off a you know short pier, long yeah. walk, short pier. Yeah, he could have just walked off the fucking building or something. Right. Yeah. The, the, it was a useless character. They could have just welded him to the fucking door. Right. I, you know. So. Well, and you had mentioned. Um, um, so there's a subplot where she's been doing this for 22 years. That's right, yeah. And you were talking about what what about her kid? Yeah, cuz she's a shut-in because of it. Right. Yeah. And her kid was ultimately killed by the Wolf King. Spoiler alert. Yeah, because And that and, it, and that didn't feel like a weak twist. It felt that made sense. No, it, it was it was just part of the story. Yeah. And, and she didn't have she didn't tell it. It was shown in flashbacks. Yeah. Minor flashbacks of how she remembers was, him. That was really well done because if you remember that scene where it shows her son walking under the pier, and then all of a sudden it goes from him disappearing behind one of the um, pillars, one of the pillars, to this body laying in in the right, and and, and, and uh, yeah, the, the the needle. And at first, I didn't see the needle. I, I I don't know how, but I didn't notice the needle. Yeah. But um, but when my first thought was, that I thought the son had discovered a body. And then they got in trouble because of discovering the body. Yeah, that's what I had thought too. Yeah. But then it slowly transit because because it, it keeps keeps doing the the kid body kid body, yeah. and then like you see the kid peer around yeah. the, the the pillar. Yeah, <laughs> look around the peer pillar. Yeah, and and he would smile, but he, it 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 wasn't like he would look at the camera. He didn't look at the camera until like the, almost the very last yeah. time that we see the kid, and then it turns into. This blonde haired kid lying in the sand, face yeah. down, dead. Yeah, which is yeah. Obviously, her. Son. Yeah, and it was it was it told enough story without wasting any time. You know, it was enough. You know that she had a kid. Right. She used to be out and do things. Right. And then next thing you know, there's a body lying there. Yeah, and that all comes about with 
saving Jenny Slater's character, yeah. where she says, I'm sorry about your kid. And then someone says, basically, you've got to move beyond. I think yeah. Jeff Goldblum said that. Another good another good story, uh, part of the story. I forgot about this. Jenny Slate's character. She could have been this character where she her her situation could have ended up taking up the entire movie, and it would have been about protecting her the whole time. Right. And then, and then, yeah, and it would have just been a waste of time because we've already seen that done before. So another good way, good way they wrote it was she got in and they got her out. Right. And it was done. That was yeah. it. You know. I want to compare it to almost like Thirteen Rooms, where it's just characters moving in and out of scenes, uh-huh. and, and you know where. It, some of them are unimportant, but they're important to the story. Mm-hmm. So they come into the they come into whatever scene. Thirteen that, rooms. Yeah, I'm brain farting. Are you thirteen ghosts or four rooms or what? I, is it I, thirteen rooms? No, it's thirteen rooms. Fuck off. What is thirteen rooms? Wasn't there a movie called Thirteen Rooms? No, I, I don't think so. There was a there was thirteen ghosts. I'm not talking about thirteen ghosts. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think you meant thirteen ghosts. <laughs> was it four rooms then? The four rooms with um with Tim Roth. Yeah, it's Quentin Tarantino yeah. directed one of the yeah, uh, each segments. Segment, yeah, each segment. That's the one I'm talking about. Okay. So, oh, yeah, Robert yeah. Rodriguez, where where you have these characters come in, <laughs> you know, but some of the characters are, are completely unimportant to the story yeah. at, at all, but they're important to the scene, <coughs> or they're important to some background. Critics right? fucking hated that movie, and I own it on DVD. I think that movie has rewatchable value to it. Yeah, so... It's, it's entertaining. So... That's um, and it's not. It's four rooms, not thirteen. But I'm I'm on the same pace, anyways. It doesn't matter. I, I said, and that's thirteen ghosts or four rooms. So we were there. Yeah, well, fuck thirteen ghosts. <laughs> the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo is the only thirteen ghosts I've ever seen. So that's funny. You said that. I don't. No, we are not talking about Scooby Doo. We're moving on with fucking Hotel Artemis. No, because the main actor in Thirteen Ghosts is the one who plays Shaggy in the Scooby. That's movie. hilarious. Actually, that that really is funny. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, as funny as the Jamie Foxx story. Really? Dude, my mind. You okay. literally can't remember a fucking news article that you sent me less than 12 oh, hours that ago? One. Oh, that one, yeah. That was fucking, damn. That, yeah, that's funny shit. Either he has a 36-inch penis, oh. or she's really short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. Let's think about that one for a yeah, second. She didn't say anything about him like like unzipping or pulling down. Just right when she turned him down, he slapped her with it. Like what? In the, the face. Yeah. So she had to have been on In her the knees. Face. <laughs> she had to have been on her knees or sitting down. So <laughs> nobody else saw this, dude. I'm th- sorry that this look, got into a fucking tangent, but it's people like that that make the, the fuck, real victims look bad. Fuck her. Just like people that fucked with Dennis Hoffman from the 70s. You're gonna bring up shit in the 70s now, or or Sylvester Stallone's being fucked with. You know, for something that happened like 30 years ago, right? Yeah, but I think there was a police report, and there may be some other stuff that's going on with that. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, we'll deal with that. But the whole Jamie Foxx story, like, you don't ever <laughs> hear anything about Jamie Foxx in the news. You don't ever hear anything about him being bad to people. Never. Um, nothing. Like, he doesn't He, he doesn't talk shit about anybody. No. Like, Nothing. Yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's stories out there. I'm sure there's been reports of him saying, you know, just bad mouthing somebody because it always happens, yeah. especially as a comedian, you know. Um, but I've never heard Jamie Fox once in the news beating somebody up, yeah, or hitting a woman or sexually abusing anybody. Oh, you knew if there was something, it would have came out during the time he won the Oscar for Ray, because that's when everything comes out, right? When you're at your most noticeable, right. Okay, so I just, I mean, just quickly to look it up. 
his look, woman face with I mean, penis. Look, if it was, if it really happened and he was a sexual abuser, I wouldn't be laughing at it. But I think it's complete bullshit, and just the thought of it just sounds fucking hilarious. The disturbing sexual assault allegations against Jamie Foxx, your tango. Fuck you. They're not disturbing sexual assault allegations. There is nothing. There's nothing to any truth about this. This is a lady that's trying to get money. Mm. An anonymous woman told police last week that in 2002... 16 years ago. ...waiting for 16 years, she never went to the police about it. She never said anything. And she went to a party, and apparently he fucking dick-whipped her. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, and, and now she's angry because she had to go... T- Hold on a second. Um... We should be doing this on the fucking compelled, man. I know, but I have to talk about this because it's so fucking retarded. That's why I said LOL. She had to go to the hospital the following day to get treatment for a severe panic attack stemming from the incident. (laughs) I just keep seeing this dick coming up my face. Yeah, literally. (laughs) She she gets fucking dick whipped by Jamie Foxx and then has to go to the hospital because he broke her jaw or something. Jamie Cox. And... And literally, I mean, this this is libel. This is fucking libel. Yeah. She she files a, a a report with the Las Vegas Police Department, and now Jamie Foxx is suing her for filing a false police report against him. It's the first time that she's ever that he's ever been aware of this. Now, um, Fox recounted a story of the time P. Diddy saved him from rape allegations. According to Fox, in 1997, he brought two strippers with him to a party hosted by Diddy, during which one of the girls asked him why they never had sex. When Jamie Foxx came out of the bathroom, the woman was standing in front of the comedian. After they had sex, uh, Foxx said the woman did a 360 and flipped out, and the woman and her friend were threatening the actor and going to threaten to go to the cops. That's when a shirtless P. Diddy walked into the room. Diddy kicked the woman out, his own fame saving the day. Yeah. So, so that's it. That's the only other incident. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sorry, quote unquote incident. Uh, no, I mean, I looked up Jamie Foxx abuse. Yeah. Um, depression and substance abuse. Uh, <laughs> Name me an actor who hasn't had that shit. Let's see. Um, <laughs> records himself being racially abused in a restaurant. Okay. We got that. Got that. High snobiety. Okay. Now, I'm only seeing anything from 16 hours to eight hours ago or two days ago, which is the same exact story. Yeah. And usually when we do something like Jamie Foxx sexual abuse or whatever, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, there like there's like huge amounts of articles like let's look at the history of Jamie Foxx and his sexual assault, right? Yeah. Nothing. I'm on page 2 of Google and there's nothing. Yep. And I'm sorry, but it's just all the same thing. But when when there's f- fuck. Yeah, this is all and now, 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 I'm, I'm. We'll see. What I'm on, I'm on page five of Google, and it's people milking off of it. You know, like, oh, hey, this is a topic, so let's milk <laughs> off of it. Milking. <laughs> um, uh, what does Fifty Cent think about these allegations? This is four Jimmy hours, Fox? twenty-two hours, six. I'm on seven. Okay, so I've gone through seven pages of the Jamie Fox thing, and there is nothing about anything in his past. Yeah. Okay, so we've got that. Um, I'm sorry, we, we went off a, a little bit off topic, and that's that's a little bit my fault. But I just wanted to make a point that <laughs> when you do something like this to an actor who's never had a history of doing anything like this to anybody, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's funny that you're right next to um, on the um, on the search. 
where someone made a comment on the blame it on the um, alcohol song that was popular back in I guess 2011 or whatever. Yeah. Or I think it was before that. But anyway, someone titles the article "Blame It on the Rapist." Uh, and, and they're they're going to talk shit about the song, saying, "Oh, it's encouraging rape and shit like that." Boston area rape crisis center. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> songs that are too rapey. Baby, it's cold outside. I could see a little undertone in that, but eh, good. No, that has there's no rape in that. In fact, there's a whole thing on that. There's a whole story on Baby, it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. That if you if you read about it it's really really interesting i hate that song yeah but the story behind the song is really fucking interesting because it's you know when they release the song it's like this girl and this guy are at this ho- at his house right yeah. and and she wants to but because of society at that point in time yeah she she won't or she yeah she won't it's not that she can't she won't yeah so he's like hey I understand. That's what the guy is saying. I understand, but we don't have to tell anybody. We can keep it to ourselves. Yeah. But it's cold outside, and because of what's going on, and people will talk. Yeah. I don't want to get you in trouble. What? So you should still stay the night, but you can stay the night in a separate room if you want to. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's. I mean, it's really the story behind "Baby, It's Cold Outside." And where and the that, that, times that of, one screams context. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly context. what it is. Yeah. But the times that it, in, in which it was written, holy shit! I mean, I listened to that whole story. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I fucking hate this song, but this story is so good. I hate me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> oh yeah, I fucking hate that song. Well, Mrs. Also, Jones also because, and me. Because when I first started hearing it on the radio, listening to it when I was married, counting, and girls. I was like, that's my fucking wife. I bet she's cheating on me. I bet. Fucking some guy is singing about Mrs. Spiegel, motherfucker. <laughs> Fat bitch Spiegel. And <laughs> no, what's her what's her last name? Uh, Popest. Popest. Yeah. Pabst. Yeah. It's Fat. Per- I'm gonna. What? Fat bitch Pabst and me. God. <laughs> I I just don't like his I don't like his his voice. Yeah. It's like crack. It's like a thirteen year old cracking. Yeah. Let me sing you a song. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the Simpsons kid. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Simpson. I got problems, plural. And 97.6 of them are you. All right. I love the fact that I can sing that, that I could actually say I have 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. I actually can fucking say that because I don't have fucking female problems. I don't. That's awesome. I'm glad for that because I used to have female problems. Yeah, well. And then I uh, I got the vagicil and then I uh, you know then it went away. All right. So what would you give a uh, hotel Artemis? A uh, seven. Seven. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. I, I yeah, I'm around there. I I wanted more, and I think that's actually good. That's good storytelling that you want more from it. Um, it, it yeah, Zachary Quinto definitely holds it back big time. But overall, I'm I have no regrets seeing that movie. I'm glad we saw it. I'm glad that we we I I'm glad I didn't use my free ticket on it because I think uh, giving money to something like this is better than giving it to a lot of other kinds of films. Dude, I was really really pleased with Jodie Foster's uh, work in this movie because um, she's a she really is a great character actor. She's a good actor. She's a great actor. Yeah. Um, but for her to do something like this where it it's completely off the beaten path yeah. for her. And the makeup for her. I mean, she looked ragged. She looked old as fuck, dude. Yeah, she, I mean, her hair didn't... Uh, yeah, because you watch her in interviews, she's still beautiful, dude. Yeah, she, her hair wasn't done up. It was all 
like 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 she washed it in in um, mineral water. Yeah, you know that 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 dried out look um, with with like a bar of soap. Yeah. type of thing in the way she walked, and she was she was um, like neurotic, I guess. I like how the movie She's also her foot. Yeah, I like how the movie also answered um, a question I was thinking the whole time, like what's going on on the other floors. You know, everything oh, yeah, yeah. everything happens on the fucking penthouse. What else is happening in this hotel? Right. Right? And then you finally find out the whole fucking hotel is just shut down and abandoned. Right. Except for the penthouse. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. And, and that's the, 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 Batista in this movie is amazing. Again, uh, Charlie Day is, he's consistent. Yeah. But they he, didn't overdo him. They didn't overuse him. He's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not Dave Batista. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, you yeah. know, he, yeah, yeah. His, his, but his level, his, where he's at, where Charlie Day is at, he's comfortable with. Yeah. You know, I, I just like that's his niche, he, dude. He he plays like the same character on it in every movie. Yeah. And it's like the same sunny Philadelphia character. Kind of. Yeah. One way for or the another. Most part. Yeah. Um. But they they didn't really overuse him, you know, yeah. as much as they could have. So I'm glad. But he was good in Pacific Rim too, so I, I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't much that was good in that, but yeah. He, well, he was the one shining moment of Pacific Rim too, where yeah. he played. You know, he was manipulated, yeah. and, and I was I was fine with that. But my but for the most part, he plays the same types of characters. I would like to. What I would like to see Charlie Day do. Um, Charlie Day do. Day do. The do run run run. The do run run. Um, I don't know. Just help me, Rhonda. Uh, <laughs> what I would like to see Charlie Day uh, play is just a normal guy um, that's put through these fucking rough situations. That isn't overly neurotic. Yeah, that's that like, um, like in Fist Fight. <laughs> yeah, think of think of like a modern day version of The Unforgiven. Uh huh. You know where he has to do some just fucking rotten, nasty stuff, and he knows mm-hmm. he's gonna have to do it, but he's not. Yeah, he's not neurotic, and he's not, you know, from the sunny in Philadelphia. He's just this, this quiet, fucking mean mother, not mean motherfucker, but has to be mean. I would like to see him take the independent film route, like um, like Vince Vaughn did with uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Uh, speaking of, he got arrested for DUI. Yeah, what's fucking? What's new? An actor gets pulled over for DUI. Wow. No, he got arrested for DUI. He you didn't get what? pulled over. And he smiled Boop. right at the fucking camera. Yep. So uh, yeah, and I'm not trying to like make small of it. You know, look in this day and age, everyone knows what's wrong with with drunk driving. But regardless of the monetary problems, I, I don't. We, we all know what's wrong with it. So to still fucking do that, eh, you fucking asshole. Yeah, we, we don't. I, who cares? <laughs> Moving on, the lecture shit. You wanted to bring up fucking Vince Vaughn getting pulled over, man. I just I mentioned it. I didn't want to talk about it. I you brought up Vince Vaughn. I said, oh, he got a DUI. You're the one that wanted a lecture. I I, I give a fuck less about lecturing people about DUIs. I don't. I don't. I don't care. All right. Not anymore. I just and it's not your fault. I just don't care about lecturing people about people are gonna do what they do no matter what. Yeah, I just don't care about lecturing people about drinking and driving. It's I I, you know. Look, 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 look. Another soldier gets killed in Iraq, and another fucking actor gets a DUI. I don't fucking care. All right, so... Yeah, there's there's bigger <laughs> problems yeah. than, the, like I said. And, and, like, and I know that what you're doing is kind of like a service, but the the whole idea of lecturing... And it's, it's falling not, on deaf ears. It's not, yeah, but it's not your fault. You, you're not 
you know, I'm just saying in a general term, the whole idea of lecturing, the whole DUI thing, yeah. is... I, 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 there's too many things going on in this world to be personally invested in something. Yeah, we, like we're that. doing a fucking movie review and, and we're lecturing people at DUIs. Yeah, so quit doing how, it. How, quit doing that, asshole. How, how shitty of us. All right. Don't, don't drink and drive, guys. Don't do it. All right. Um, so the. Uh, don't slap people in the face with your dick <laughs> 12 so, years ago. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on Hotel Artemis. I'm, I think I'm between a 6.5 and a 7 on that. Okay. So. All right. Um, the next movie that we will be seeing is going to be the Incredibles sequel, Incredibles Two. Wow, cleverly named. <laughs> and the untitled Incredibles sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think we need to do. We'll, we'll do the trailer for Incredibles. When Dude, we, when we watch there's the. No, we're, we'll play. We'll play the trailer. But there's there's a trailer that's so fucking. There's a picture that's so fucking hilarious. That hold on. I'm I'm trying not to. I just um I've stayed away from all reviews and everything about Incredibles sequel because I want to, All right, here it is. If there's any surprises, I want to be surprised. Yeah, I have been trying to st- I me too. I just flip right past it. Let me it. tell you a story no. one of the f- oh, Let me tell you that I don't want to hear it. The same guy that I hear all the time. Let me tell you a story. What exactly is Mom's new job? She's an advocate for superheroes. I thought superheroes were still illegal. Hey, hey, the bus is here! So things haven't spiraled out of control the moment I left? Oh my god. And Jack Jack? Looks normal to me. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Oh my god. Cooking. Wow, gay. That is freaky. Supers are no longer in control. I'll be there ASAP. You better be back ASAP. It's up to us. Hey, little baby. Where are your (laughs) Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? Is this all vegetables? Who ordered all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it. I don't know that way. Why would they change math? Mm, Math is math. Math is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Wow. You look playing double trailers, don't you? Freaky. This one has all of the trailers. I didn't want to search through since this is the main trailer that everyone's seen. I didn't want to search through because the very first trailer that we just watched 
had that scene with the with Jack Jack in the elevator. Yeah. That's the scene that makes me want to see this movie because without him turning into the evil devil thing, yeah. <coughs> he's like he's just sitting there going ma 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 ma, and and then he turns and then the person's like, oh how cute. Right, and he's looking, and it's just a, a frozen frame of that, yeah. of the kid looking at the adult, and you know some shit's about to go down. Yeah, but it's so fucking adorable. Yeah. So yeah, so I I figured the easiest way to do it was it was a, it was three minutes, and they and it was just two trailers. Most of the trailers are from the very first scene in the movie. Uh huh. Where they fight the mole man. Yeah, the, um, the Underminer. That's what I mean. And yeah, I, I have the video game, Rise of the Underminer, and it starts immediately at the end of the movie. Right. Uh, it even shows the scene from the movie, and then all of a sudden it cuts to the Underminer just tearing through shit, and you start, he and Frozone, if you do the two-player, start chasing, and yeah. it does the whole thing. And, and that's and that's pretty much what I understand is where this movie is taking off from, Yeah, is from the end of the first Incredibles movie. Yeah, it is. So it's... Um, I'm surprised. I, I didn't. I thought that they were gonna like you know do. I I liked our idea. You know, do setting it in the '70s. But whatever. It, it, we're not writers. Or I'm sorry. We're not. We're not screenwriters at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we, so. we don't work for Pixar. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, you know what? I mean, if you got a formula that works, I look the original. I love the original Incredibles. Every time I see it, I love how clever the writing is, um, the dialogue. Um, I love Jason Lee's character syndrome. You know. Um, I wanted more Frozone. I hope this movie has a lot more fucking Frozone in it because there wasn't enough last time. Yeah. So um, I well, I hope no social justice warrior is gonna watch this fucking movie. Yeah. Where's Frozone's wife? Oh yeah. Fuck that shit. I. So yeah, I I think I look. I think it's gonna be good. It's definitely it, there, there's no doubt in my mind this movie will be good. I just don't know if it's gonna be Finding Dory good. Or this looks better, and it's taken them a while. And Brad Bird is one of those guys. I mean, yeah, he did Tomorrowland, but that didn't movie that movie didn't suck. It just wasn't great. But Tomorrowland Brad, fucking killed Tron Three, so fuck that movie. Yeah, but Brad Bird doesn't will will work on something unless it's good. Yeah, yeah, he said that the only way we'll we'll even entertain the idea of an incredible sequel is if there's a story out there that 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 just sings, just like with Toy Story Four. Right. So yeah. So good, good. I I I know it's going to be good. I just don't know how good it's going to be. Yeah, so. I, I think this movie's this movie's going to be one of their better ones in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And that's not saying much, but you know, that's 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 take that's like um, taking a walk out onto a branch yeah. that's supported by a bridge. <laughs> you know, yeah. And spongy stuff in case you fall. Yeah. That's that. You know, that's that's me going out on a limb. This limb that looks like a fucking you know the the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Right. But I think that this movie is actually going to be better than Finding Dory. I hope so. I hope you're right because Finding Dory was good. But yeah, I mean, how often do you ever recall th- going back to it? Yeah. I don't. And I and I think it's going to be as good as as the last Toy Story movie. I, I hope so. Toy Story three is that it? Yeah, Toy Story three was I was really good. So. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic movie. So. You know, especially I, for a movie like a kids movie to make me think that at the end that the characters might actually die at the end. You know, that was good. That was good story yeah. storytelling. So yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, and then you know, I mean, it's just and and it's just a couple of scenes that I've seen in the trailer, which is Jack Jack in the elevator, mm-hmm. which is fucking adorable, <laughs> and then the scene where Craig T. Nelson is going num num cookie, you know, yeah. But it, as he's turning around, he's like num num, and and he, and he doesn't say it loud. He's not being pissed. He's just like he's tired, yeah, and just fucking drawn and worn out, and yeah. he's just like num num cookie, 
Num num cookie. Num num. <laughs> and and then he turns around and and then Jack Jack is there. Boom, yeah. right? And then they're and and they've thrown a couple of things in these trailers that kind of gives away some new powers and whatnot. And um if you've seen any of the new trailers <laughs> and, and it looks really cool. But most most of the trailer stuff is set right after the very first Incredibles. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Jack Jack Attack uh, short film that came with the original movie? Yeah. That was cool. It, it set it like it, it like filled in some gaps from the movie. Yeah. When so. he was being babysat. <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> it was funny. It's really well done. It's uh, yeah, I, I, and I can't Strange wait. Strange things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh I you know, yeah, it's like every fucking every 30 seconds is a phone call. Yeah. Everything's great here. <laughs> What's going on with Jack Jack? Yeah. yeah, things are going to hell. <laughs> you know. Oh wait, the babysitter, the babysitter relief is here. And then that's when syndrome shows up, right? Yeah. So, but um, I can't wait to see what they're going to play in front of this. Yeah, and that's the that's the other thing I've been keeping away from every spoiler mm-hmm. in every review, so I don't see what's going to be playing in front of this, and what the uh, if there are any uh, end credits. I like without it being even said, even mentioned, that there's almost a fucking guarantee that it will not be a fucking Frozen short. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they pulled that Frozen short. We, yeah. Like we when we saw it, yeah. we were the last audience to see that uh, frozen short. Yeah, fuck that. Or the, that was it, it. was pulled like that week or that day. Yeah. So whatever, whoever saw it after us, yeah. those were the last audiences on that specific day. Yeah. That frozen was. Pulled. Yeah, I watched Coco the other day with my kids on Netflix, and I was like, oh, too bad the short film isn't with this. And I was like, what was the short film? What was it? I was like, oh wait, never, never mind. fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have like um, they, I don't think they have the newest ones, but I would like to see Netflix show, and hopefully they'll do that with the Disney Channel. They might thing. have the Pixar collection. Um, they don't have collection. them all. They have them up to um, um, who's the magician? Yeah, I know, I know, I know the one you're talking about. I, just, I think they have it. I, I think that that reel is mm-hmm. all the way up to like Luxo the magician. I think that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to make sure. Pick. Presto, Luxo's the yeah, it's Presto. I think that's what they have it up to, but I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. But I know that there's one on Netflix. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what volume. I think they're on two volumes so far. So I don't know when they've done that. Because I, I don't even know what short film went with Good Dinosaur because I still have never seen it. Partly Cloudy. Yeah, that one's really good. They're all good. So, anyways. One way or another, they're good. You know what I mean? So, you know, you had the meatball one with the puppy. <laughs> you know, you yeah, had, that one was fucking awesome. Yeah, the paper airplane one. Yep, with the love story. Yep, you know, it's so well done when you can do when you can tell certain stories without it, well, a single word being said. Yeah, I've but I've seen the paper airplane one before. I saw it in theaters because yeah. they were there was um there was some short thing that was going on. It was a mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, um, a contest, I guess. Yeah. And this was picked by Disney. Oh yeah, Fuck for it. the new animation. Forgot story. about lava. Lava was great. Yeah, lava was amazing. Yeah. So um, this is truly amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let you know how Incredibles is. Yep, we'll let you know. So um, all right, we got uh, the, and we're gonna go through these fucking quick because yeah, uh, I'm not gonna play <laughs> any of the trailers. All right, I think uh, you know what I mean. Do you have any opinions about the AT and T Time Warner thing? Um, I like it how everybody's saying that AT&T, uh, I'm sorry, as that Comcast who just bids $65 billion to get the Fox assets. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is going to end Disney's thing and blah, blah, blah. And like Disney's like, yeah, we already knew that that was going to happen. And we've already, we, we're going to opt the offer. Um, Donald Trump was trying to block this. Everyone was trying to block this. They're afraid about the AT&T Time Warner thing. 
because it's because of competition, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm, I'm not happy with it because AT&T and Time Warner now control like 65% of the uh, uh, market when it comes to TV. Yeah. And it's just, it's basically, it's, it's going to get worse. Um, it's like a monopoly almost. Yeah, that's pretty much what's come down to. Um, what also it does is that it effectively makes DC um, and all the time and all the Warner Brother movies controlled by AT and T, who also controls fucking Directv. Directv. And uh, yep, yep. So they're gonna they control content, which means that. All the old stuff they don't have to release; they can just keep shoving all that shit down our face. Mm. All the new stuff, all the crappy stuff. Um, my, that's that's the only problem that I have with it. I, I'm, you know, everybody's trying to cut the cord on this shit. Yeah, and then I mean, there and also with the Comcast thing. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Fox already released a statement saying, "Look, they're they're going to entertain other bids, but they're they're still in going in the direction of Disney um, until they're told otherwise." So. Uh, and I, I know well, that there's like a 1.5 million dollar or billion dollar um, like pullout fee. You know, pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's there's a penalty for for uh, Fox. Yeah, if the J- walking away from the Disney deal, which is they have to pay Disney 1.5 billion dollars. Yeah, and then uh, Comcast says, "Oh, we'll cover that if you do." Um, but but again, Comcast did this last November yeah. and said, "Hey, we'll give you 30 billion dollars all cash." And you sign with us, and Fox went, no, we don't want an all-cash deal. What part of no cash? So they come. They, they went, oh, uh, apparently what they heard was, we don't want your $30 billion. Come back with a better offer. More cash, yeah. and Yeah, more cash. And what, they, what fucking Murdoch said was, we're going with Disney because they're doing a stock swap. Mm-hmm. Their stock is worth three times more than Comcast. It's worth three times more than Fox. And... Um, and and it, with that, we don't have to pay as much in taxes. Yeah. So, so there. So the, there's yeah. less money that I have to pay in taxes. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going with this company who has a better longevity than Comcast does because Disney. Let's let's just. And a lot of people are Disney, starting to hate fucking Comcast. Yeah, Disney and and Comcast has a real bad reputation. People love Disney. And yeah, and yeah, Disney, Marvel. Star Wars, yeah, and it just makes sense for Fox because of Star Wars, because of all the other assets. Yeah, and now Comcast comes back and says, "Here's sixty-five billion dollars. Yeah. We've upped to thirty more billion." And and like two weeks ago, fucking Bob Iger says, "We don't care what they're going to offer them. We're going to up our offer." Yeah. So yeah, I think it's all going to be like the final time that this any of this is going to be happen is up to July tenth. Yeah. Uh, oh. Um. So uh, about the AT&T merger. So the courts are trying to block that still. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the There's a couple of people that are, there's a couple of government agencies that are trying to block it. And the courts have said that they're going to try to to dissuade yeah. the block. Um, they want this done by June 20th. So basically they have six days yeah. to try to block the sale. Yeah. So. so um, all right. And then, uh, look... It, I I I don't really care. I just want to see the X Men over on on the right in the right home. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so and and that's and that's the thing that's going to push Disney to do that is you've you've shown your entire hand. Yeah. So we're going to up it by a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> what if they just start breaking shit up and say, "Hey, 
How about we just sell to Comcast, but we'll give Disney all the fucking all their Marvel properties back? Well, they can't because one look th- that already will happen. Whatever Fox is using right now, all the rights that's right for that's everything, right. Yeah, yeah. including Star Wars, yeah, including all the Marvel stuff. That's right. Reverts right back so to Disney, Disney wins no matter what. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Good. All right. There we go. Food for thought. Yeah. All right. So um. All right, then uh, quick mention, uh, MTV is going to make a live-action Eon Flux um, uh, series, and it's gonna, one of the, the executive producers is going to be Gail Ann Hurd, but look at what she's done so far with Walking Dead. So I... I don't... It's MTV, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to. I want to be enthusiastic, but... Who owns, it, who, but who owns MTV? Yeah. Viacom. Who owns Viacom? Um, CBS. Yeah. CBS. Why stay home on a Saturday night? <laughs> yes. So, um, hold on. Give me one quick second. There was something I, I sorry. There was something I had to do with my Tomb Raider review. All right. Uh, anyway, um, which is almost done. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Three months later. All right. Um, okay. Uh, the Halloween trailer. There was only one interesting thing in this Halloween trailer, and it was when they go to visit Michael at the insane asylum, and the whole outside vi- area looks like a chessboard. You know, or check it, yeah, like a chessboard. Right. And he's like, he's like chained to this stone slab on the, on the ground. I have to say now with the new Halloween, they said that yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is not nope her his sister nope. Not However, in the trailer, she says that's my brother, my brother Michael. I don't remember. I I, I just I I don't, I just I don't even you know what I mean I I don't. I've waited for him. One, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe
even the boogeyman. He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? Who does it a third time? After after either the first or second time, I would have fucking looked, opened the door to look. What the hell's blocking the door? <clears throat> I want to see this movie. I don't care. Uh, and look, I know we're going to go see it, and it looks like it's well shot, and it looks like it'll be well done, but I just have that feeling that it's going to be completely unnecessary, and it's not going to do anything new or special. It, it's just, you know... Why do you say that? Because... We've already seen so many different Halloween movies. And in my personal opinion, H2O ended it all. But and this I, one takes place, this one cuts out all of those movies and takes place directly after the events of the first Halloween. I think the only reason why you're even bringing this up as an argument is because I'm not bringing it up as John, an argument. John Carpenter's endorsing this. I think that I had no idea that John Carpenter was endorsing this. Okay. And secondly, this is, I wasn't doing this as an argument. Okay. I was telling you that this is supposed to cut out everything from Halloween two one. I know, and I know it's doing that. It's just which I don't understand why they're cutting out everything from Halloween two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, it just look. I when you feel like you've seen it all already, it, it, there's nothing new. It's like like look. I, I understand your enthusiasm and your love for Friday the 13th. But for me, it's just seeing the same slasher shit over and over again. And I don't know what else you can fucking do with Michael Myers. I mean, you already they already did the Rob Zombie ones from a decade ago. So it just it just feels completely unnecessary to me. Yeah, but they weren't trying to reboot. The, they're not trying to reboot the franchise right here. Rather than reboot the franchise, they chose to focus primarily on containing the mythology of the first two films when developing the story with Danny McBride stating, we all came to the decision that making something that already works isn't a good idea, so we just had a reimagining instead. The pitch was created by the writers specifically to present to Carpenter as they were self-described fans of the original Halloween to begin with. The story was eventually fleshed out so that all of the sequels were ignored from cont- continuity, and the ending of the first film was slightly retconned in what, Dan- what McBride likened to an alternate, re- alternate reality. Uh, however, he later said that the film still pays tributes to the other films despite sharing no direct continuity. You know, like there's some different versions and the timeline is so mixed up. We just thought it'd be easier to go back to the source and continue from there. It was nicer than knowing you're working on Halloween 11. It just seemed cooler we're making Halloween 2. For fans, we pay homage and respect to every Halloween that was out there. Despite Green and McBride's comedy roots, Halloween, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, look, I, as always, man, I, I love Michael Myers. I love Halloween. I and I, I mean I have you know I have Halloween one and two on uh, Blu-ray, but it it I just you're gonna have to show me something. That, that's it. I, it. As someone who's a who's a who's, who's a paying customer, you better show me something because otherwise I'm not gonna have anything good to say. I'm pretty sure that that trailer told you everything that you needed to know about the movie. Like I said, it looks like it's well shot, and but it just looks like it's just doing the same exact thing the original film did. Which is what the second, which is what the original Halloween two did. Well, kind of. And in this one, they, what they're doing is they're basically Michael Myers is sixty years old. And this is what this is what um, Carpenter said. Dude, <laughs> I d- what is it? It's real quick. Um, he was displeased with zombies reimagining and added backstory of murder. Michael Myers. I, I and I didn't care for the way that zombie did the reimagining for the most part. I mean, like after after he escapes from from Smith's Grove, yeah, 
and then goes back to town. I was fine with that, but I didn't care for the fact that he grew up in a fucking broken home. I thought it was better that he grew up in a regular home, you know, which makes it more disturbing. Yeah. You know? Um, Carpenter wanted to take his character back to his more mysterious roots, describing him as a force in nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural. We're just trying to take it back to what was so good about the original. It was just a very simple... Um, and it achieved that level of horror that wasn't turning Michael Myers into some being that couldn't be killed. I want to be scared by something that I really think could happen. It's much more horrifying to be scared by someone standing in the shadows while you're taking the trash out. I know. This ends again with him cutting his fucking head off, dude. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. So, uh, like I said, I want it to be good. I know we're going to go see it probably. It just Well, right there, what I just said was what Carpenter wants. As a force of nature, he's supposed to be almost supernatural. Almost supernatural. Yeah, that's good. So right there tells me everything I need to know about the movie is that if Carpenter wants to do it this way, and I took it to him, and he said, this is how you should do it, and they followed along with it, and he signed off on it, I'm pretty sure that they're going to keep with doing it well. Now, there's a chance that it's going to suck. Yeah. What's that chance? Like 48.7%. <laughs> there's a 48% chance that it could suck. Yeah. And there's a 52% chance that it's there's a 42% chance that it's going to be good. Well, uh, look, I don't think Jimmy Lee Curtis just wants to end her career on just doing Activia commercials. So, so, anyways, all right. Um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon trailer. That was, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's cute. It just looks cute. I, <coughs> you know, the animation looks amazing, of course, and colorful and, and stuff, but. It doesn't look like anything different that's being told. I agree. You, you just give you're just giving the Night Fury, you know, two a girlfriend, plus, a girlfriend, and then now now there's uh, hold guy. on, no, what? not just a girlfriend, a girlfriend that can do space warp. Yeah, like yeah. like like Star Trek or and and Warhammer. of course because it's it's trendy with the time that Toothless is the. The bumbling idiot uh, uh, love interest of the I kinda, two. Uh, look, I'm, I'm it, okay yeah. with that because they do it like birds, yeah. you know. So if you've ever seen a bird mm-hmm. do the weird fucking, All right. I want to, yeah. I want to sex you, baby dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There's that's what's so she, funny yeah, about it. The funny bird dances. Yeah, like birds just get all fucking happy and shit. They're spreading their wings yeah. and they're they get all. They get jiggy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder. Hilarious. I just wonder for the female one. Is it? It's like it's like lack of options. So she just has to hook up with fucking toothless, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. Like, it's like when you throw two pandas together just and then like, and sigh. like, oh, well, there's only two. Pa- the two pandas are gonna fuck, right? And then you know, like the Robin Williams thing. He goes, no, I would never fuck that panda. That's one ugly panda bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, is I would fuck her with a koala's if, dick. If if you literally <laughs> throw two pandas together, yeah. the chances of them mating, a male and a female, are like. Like fucking less than five percent. Damn. Yeah, they have to. It has to be natural. Yeah. Yeah. Quit forcing shit. Yeah. Zoo. Yeah. Dicks. <laughs> quit forcing dicks. All right. Um. So yeah, that one will come out next year, um, in March. Um. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse g- came out uh, with a full trailer, which um we've seen and it's really fucking good. Dude, I, I did, what, what, look, I was already interested a little bit, you know, but what really got me interested was the dad dynamic when the dad is. <laughs> was just oh hey uh, you yep, yep, say I love you back come on yep, yep, say it <laughs> say it yeah that that was uh, there's apparently some really fucking good shit and you're seeing at least three different Spider Mans in the movie and, and if you're seeing three in the trailer that means there's gonna be more than three in the movie yeah I know we're trying to get through this but um, that's the closest one it looks like <laughs> all right you're starting to get on top of that shit. <laughs> 
Miles, yeah. Gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I'll walk. Personal chauffeur going once. It's okay. Seriously, Dad. Walking would have been fine. Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in, wants the day, zip-zaps off Nancy's Accountability. Man, you get arrested? Guys, don't cops run red lights? Well, yes, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. Just had to keep my soul and free my mind. I want to know what happened to you. I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Brooklyn! stop us now. I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta, gotta say, say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I wanna, wanna hear it. it. You wanna hear me I say love it? You, Dad. You're dropping me off I at a school? Love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke. The team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save us at Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! Whoa. All right. So, yeah, looks good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but Ray Park um, basically officially announced that they are working on a Kenobi movie. Okay. And if they, if he, and if he said that, yeah, that might mean that Darth Maul's in it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, lastly, um, I just have uh, the, the oh, there was a trailer that popped up for an interesting looking movie, um, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, I want. Um, there's a shit. There's a there's some a decent cast in this thing. Yeah, he didn't hint. He said that it was. Strongly implied. He fucking what? had a chat with him about the character of Darth Maul, Darth Maul and various Lucasfilm endeavors. I'm going to say he strongly implied that a Kenobi movie will happen, so all the reports are probably legit. Um, oh, God. Pass. <laughs> all right, yeah. So. What was it? Um, bad Times. Yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale. I know that we're long on this, but uh, okay. It's the last thing. We're at the end of it, so. The El Royale is a bi-state establishment. You have the option to choose a room in either California or Nevada. How'd you end up at the El Royale? The Ritz-Carlton was booked. This place used to be hustling and bustling. 
Old Dean Martin even sang a song about it once. This is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here. We might need to work on your sales pitch, son. <laughs> the El Royale. No place for a priest. <laughs> Who they tell me to watch? Who's they? Management. Baby, it's my Would you mind opening up the door? No, I ain't gonna do that. We have to get as far away from him as possible. Howdy. This trailer already had my attention, and then they throw Chris Hemsworth into it. Yes, <laughs> it's like okay, yes, please. You know, it's like a it's like a retro Hotel Artemis <laughs> in a way, which is kind of funny that we just saw the movie and then it was. So I, this is yeah, I am very interested in this movie, very very, and I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's going to kick ass. It's going to be coming out on uh, October fifth. So we got Hemsworth, uh, Jeff Bridges, John Hamm. Uh, Nick Offerman's in this movie, but I did not see him one time in the trailer. Yeah, they're probably saving him. He's probably the guy behind Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, he's he's the bad guy. I'm wondering if um, any of this is inspired by the, the true story of that guy who um, used to watch all of his ho- uh, motel tenants. Um, I, I just wonder if it, like, you know, inspired, it, like, a, like, an idea or, you know, created, like, what if there was, like, you know... Every room had, instead of someone watching from the air ducts, you know, the air vent above, instead they're watching from, uh, you know, two-way mirror. Or, uh, yeah, is it called a two-way mirror or what? Or whatever they call it? Yeah, the, one, the, the, the one-way mirror. Yeah. It may be. Um, I don't know. Here. And done by Drew Goddard, who we've talked about before. Um, do, 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 do. Doesn't say. Yeah, well, there'll be, there'll be more info on it later on when it comes out. So um, oh, October fifth is even that far away. For some reason, I keep thinking like it's hella far away, and it's not. Right. October fifth is shit. I mean, we're already halfway through June, so I mean, shit. It's uh, two and a half months, three and a half months. Yeah. What has Drew Goddard done? Can you can you recall? Because we talked about him before. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did Cabin in the Woods. But we, there's Buffy some... the Vampire Slayer, an Angel, Alias and Lost, Cloverfield, World War Z, Cabin in the Woods, da- Daredevil and the Defenders, Martian. What did he post... do on the Martian? Because he didn't direct it. Cause... He wrote it. Okay, because really Scott fucking uh, directed that. He wrote the adaptation. Okay. Um, Goddard was the executive producer on Daredevil. Um, Dude, I know you're not big on video games anymore, like certain kinds that they make. But they're um, at the newest, like, con or whatever the hell they call it, the show. Me and E3. They showed World War Z, and it's, 
it takes the the visual style from the movie, but the the storylines are from the book, and it looks fucking amazing. Like you're firing at the ant crowd. Like you're in a fucking. Let's say you're inside of a um a sky a skyscraper, and you're looking down into a lobby. You could be three floors up looking down into the lobby, and it's full of Zeeks, and they once they know that Did you're you there, just use the fucking military name for zombies. Well, from from the goddamn movie, yeah, hell yeah, I did. So, um, and then once they know you're there, they start coming at you and they'll start climbing up and they'll start doing the anthill thing and you can fucking throw bombs and blow them all the way, all over the place. And so, it, it's um, just absolutely amazing. We've, we've chosen to stick more to the movie universe, but what we loved so much about the book is the way it tells the story. You get a picture of this entire um, war, this period in history, through the eyes of many... I'm just going to mute it. Yeah. <coughs> so you, you got the idea that we're watching... The tr- whatever I, I'm, it's nine minutes of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Some styles are just you know like like from other games like left left. But like look at here, we're in there down. Look at down that lobby. How they're just starting all bunch up, and then you look outside the windows when they're swarming, and then then like what well, this whole scene is going to set up um, where they're preparing to, to to fend off a whole swarm that's going to come in, and they're, so f- it just started. Well, so. yeah. Well, first there's, there's the ones that are inside the building. Then there's no, the ones dude. It, it started like over here. Uh-huh. There were some players over here. We're looking at a mall, basically. Yeah. And they're on the second level of the mall, and we're watching some of the main characters. Well, what happened was is that, as Joe was saying, you're going to see like these guys, these zombies start to, to come in, right? Yeah. Well, as he was saying that, on the far side... See, look, they're all fucking doing it like from the... Yeah, that's. I, I'm not. I'm done with zombie games and zombie. I I know, and for the most part, yeah. But if you're gonna do a World War Z game, you got to do it fucking right. And it looks like they're paying a lot of attention. So well, I don't know. I, I in the books they weren't like that. In the book, that's World what I mean. War Z, they weren't like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's what's cool though. They're taking the visual style from the movie, but they're they're throwing in all the stories from the book, yeah. which is cool. I, I guess I you know I I, I actually like it. It's um. The more that I'm looking at, I think that because it's it, it's a different take on zombies and mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. Yeah, watch it when they uh, when the swarm comes but, from outside. That's it's fucking cool. But getting back to it before fucking being interrupted, <laughs> um, there was players on the other side of this this um, deck. Yeah, you know this this middle foyer thing, catwalk or whatever. Yeah, and they they started a fire into the zombies, and then of course they didn't last long. It didn't matter because they were they were pretty much. Um, Overrun, or they ran away, one or the other. But um, you have obviously you um, you have goals to get to, like get to the subway station. In this particular instance, there's a helicopter that's about to land, and that's about yeah. to get nasty. Yeah, and then you got to set up because you're going to have this big battle here. Why don't they just fucking run out? Who cares about defending the atrium? Who gives a shit? Run out to the fucking helicopter. So you got to um, you got to set like up, up these um, these barriers with the with the. Uh, barbed wire or the razor wire yeah and stuff and so yeah watch and then watch what all of a sudden you when it pants to the background you'll start to see them start to come over in the background when it says it's ready because there's like this huge pile of of buses and, and cars and stuff in the background down the street and then it says now here prepare for the swarm right <laughs> yeah defend the atrium against the swarm yeah and then yeah and then all of a sudden <laughs> i want all my zombies to be like Seuss. and then here they come right and look, this is this awesome. They're falling off the fucking buildings too, like in the movie. Yeah, they're just jumping right off. It's of fucking awesome, man. So yeah, it, it just yeah, it looks really cool, and you're just bombing them, and and they're exploding all over the place, and and yeah, just it, look, it looks like it's fun. It looks like 
It looks like it because uh, for what I understand, when you listen to the um, to the actual gameplay um, commentary, uh, they say that you have to like improvise on the spot with certain things. Like you, some areas, you can't just hide in. Some of them, you just have to grab shit while you're running away from shit. And anyway, it over looks, it. Don't care. It looks really Done. fucking. Thank you, Mike. It looks really cool. <laughs> uh, but also, Days Gone that they delayed for a whole year just to improve on it um, looks really cool as well. It looks like pretty much Grand Theft Auto. In a Last of Us uh, type environment. So, yeah, but how many fucking zombie games do you do you need? I, I agree. I, I look. I, I, that's I, why I'm done with. It. I don't give a shit about the fucking genre. Okay, but we still go see movies that are still going on the same lines as other things. I mean, I but I, I doesn't so so that means that what I'm 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 glad that you're happy for it. You're gonna <laughs> buy it. I, I this this is yeah I might I, th- this is designed for you. Yeah, not me. I'm not. I I fucking ha- I fucking hate the zombie shit. Yeah, and I'm like, like I'm not enthusiastic to go out and buy all the Left for Deads and Dead Rising and all that shit. I've, I've got Left for Dead. I enjoyed playing Left for Dead, but again, you only do so much. I I get it. Who it gets to the point where it's like, so what? Yeah, I, I've played shitty zombie games. I played good zombie games, but yeah. For the most part, I, I wouldn't even pay attention. But there are two that looks like they have a distinctive style that has something special to them. And so, from what I've seen from World War Z, there's something special about. It. I, I want to see what they do from the book. That's that's one of the bigger one of the um, interests I have is how many different things or chapters they're gonna have from the book in there. And then Days Gone, of course, is we watched that before. You yeah, and, and I I liked it, but again, I'm just. And the movie, it, yeah, and the game is going to focus more on storyline than it's going to be on just zombie shit. So, um, anyway, I hope I'm they're just good. Over it. So, Don't, uh, we'll All right. So for this, uh, give me something new. 